Hello and welcome to Real Talk episode 66. I'm here with my two lovely co-hosts as always, Tyler and George. Cam may be with us in a little bit, but he's a bit busy today. We've got a really, really packed episode. A lot to talk about, a lot of movies to review. We'll be going over Chicken Run, uh, Dawn of the Nugget. Me and Tyler will be giving our thoughts on Godzilla minus one. We also have Wonka, Eileen. Is that it? Not Eileen, poor things. Poor things, sorry, poor yeah. things. Eileen was last week, yeah, poor things. Um, a few things to go over, as always, before we just get into it. If you do want to check out the Patreon below and look at the many benefits we have to offer, that would be great. Thank you for all your support, as always. Obviously, we've got a new editor in, so a lot of you have seen our edits. We've had some really, really good feedback in that regard, so that's fantastic. Remember to like, YouTube, rate, Spotify, all that good stuff. But before our Pat's episode today, checking in with how everyone is doing. George, how are we this week? Good, good. This week was uh, this week was good. Pretty busy with work. Um, feel like I feel like everyone around the holidays just gets mad busy trying to like crunch in their like end of year stuff and make sure everything heading into the new year is is all set. So been busy with work, and that's pretty much been my week. Um, good chunk of movies. Pretty happy about my my watches this week. I got got it to be a little diverse. Added in some documentaries. I don't know if you guys noticed. Nice. Um, but yeah, pretty good week. Nothing, nothing to complain about. Nothing to really gloat about. Um, but yeah, happy to be back. Missed last week, so I appreciate you guys letting me take the week off. So excited to be here. Perfect, Tyler. How's everything been this week? Yeah, it's been a good week. Um, Cam and I filmed the real quick the beautiful boy review when he was uh, on a work trip last week. But uh, we also reviewed, or we also did this trivia episode that's gonna be posted on Wednesday. As a real quick, so if you're listening to this on Monday in two days, it'll be coming out. Um, really fun. I gave Cam 10, 10 trivia questions, gave him a score, see what he could get on the leaderboard. Um, it was a very, very good time. So hopefully you guys like it, and it's a start of a new series type thing that we might be doing um, where we try to get some different film talkers to do some trivia. But, uh, yeah, Cam went through the gauntlet. Um, excited for you all to see that Wednesday. But other than that, just been a standard week with work and had a, had a first triple feature in a hot minute. Um, so that was good. Uh, all bangers crazy, just crazy triple feature yeah they were they were unreal yeah. movies um but yeah so that, that was a great triple feature um but yeah other than that nothing nothing really to write home about this week fair, fair. pretty same for me as well very very busy as george said work-wise just crazy um first week in my kind of new role i guess so that's been really hard to adjust to obviously a lot of work but stressful but like you know stressful but not in you know a bad way stressful in kind of you know a, a productive way which is always good um ufc last night tyler watched it as well it was great um my boy leon took it home in a very boring fight but it is what it is yeah me and uh, you were texting back and forth that whole like main card it was a good time yeah my, man i'm so good at picking fights tyler it's crazy <laughs> yeah you killed you know, it some guy like i had two guys mention this morning like oh i am um, i placed the bet on all of your picks um and i won so much money i'm like yeah that's just what i do i don't bet myself i haven't bet in years but you know if i can get someone else some money that's always good um but yeah pretty pretty good week pretty standard just the usual stuff not really too much going on just kind of preparing like george said for, for the couple weeks off christmas so kind of backlog and everything now make sure everything's done but yeah so we'll, we may as well move on to swiftly to what we've been watching george and i said you watched a few docs this week and if you yeah, want to hear about these these documentaries have been yeah I do, like, I do like a documentary a good one yeah, I like randomly stumbled across this uh, this letterbox list of um, documentaries about film. So one morning I just powered through like four of them. One of them was an hour. The other ones were like 20 minutes. 
Uh, one of them was TV TV looks at the Oscars. It was a uh, documentary around the 1976 Oscars, which was pretty cool. You got to see like the behind the scenes of like Spielberg's reaction to um, like him not getting nominated for best director for Jaws. You get to see the behind the scenes of people getting ready for the Oscars, their reactions, just shit like that. It was more so like a, just a nostalgic trip. There wasn't much like education to it, but it was a pretty cool look at the Oscars that you might not see all the time. I also linked because a lot of these, they're not just on like Netflix or Prime. They're on like these weird websites. So I linked where I watched them on my letterbox review. If you guys want to go and check them out. Interesting. Um, Some random website. You're just watching like these, like probably these alt-right cult. Yeah. It's like cult documentaries. <laughs> um, I watched this one called 2001 uh, FX and early conceptual artwork. Um, this was quick. This was like 10 minutes. This basically just runs through a lot of, like the title says, early concept artwork for 2001 A Space Odyssey. So more so just cool to see like where the vision of this movie started to where it ended. Um, again, that one was 10 minutes. That one was quick. Then I watched this cool one. Actually, I was just talking to Victoria about this last night called The Last Video Store. Um, Seth, there's a video store in Bristol, the UK. Um, which is home to a collection of over 20,000 DVDs. They even have their really? like, very own screening room. Um, it's called really? Flicks, um, 20th Century something. Flicks, 20th Century, and it's in Bristol. Um, and it was oh, a really, yeah. yeah, cool little documentary about like one of the last <laughs> like physical media stores and how they're trying to keep it alive. Um, and then I watched this quick documentary on Rosemary's Baby, um, more so just about the production um and then just the actors and actresses that were working on the production and kind of how they adapted to this environment and then created one of the most iconic horror movies of all time um so have you watched the the making of 2001 documentary no that was actually that came up on that um yeah. that list that list had so many documentaries i want to like keep going through them because i'm like finding like these cool like quick 10 15 minute ones that are like they're quick to watch but they're obviously they're also really cool to watch um so i'll share that link on twitter or something because it is a cool list there's i forgot that there's like a thousand or plus um documentaries on that list and then other than that um i watched nimona which is the this new animated movie from this year yeah uh, i've seen it yeah, yeah I th tyler i think you were the only other one on the pod that saw it no i haven't seen it i need to that's like oh. on my must watch list before okay yeah really films. really good one of the better animated films of the year i i, I really had a good time with it um other than that movie wise uh chicken run, i had my double feature of chicken run and chicken run dawn of the nugget first time i watched chicken run so i'll give my thoughts when we talk about dawn of the nugget um i watched merry little batman another new animated movie from this year honestly i said this in my letterbox review one of the biggest surprises of the year the first half of the movie is pretty much just home alone second half of the movie is batman's son just you know, basically just a cute little coming of age movie. Um, pretty much, it, it, it's gonna be is it a like Robin doing the Home Alone stuff. Or yeah, yeah, they... it's it's Batman's son. Yeah. Okay, so I'm kind of down for this plot. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it was actually like it was really cute. It, it was fun. You you get Penguin, you get Joker, you get all this like Batman lore, but it's not like this dark brooding Batman. Um, and that was about it, uh, movie wise. Jungle Book I watched, but when did I watch the Jungle? The Book? OG. No, no, the the 2016 live action. No, I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, and then uh, just a couple of short films. Um, 
I'm going far back just because I missed a week, obviously, on the pod. Um, a couple of short films that were cool that I think you guys should check out. And then last night, Victoria and I watched Office Christmas Party, which is always just a good time. Seth, one and a half on that. Too low, man. What'd you which give one, it? Which one's Office Christmas Party? I gave it a two and a half. <laughs> which one's that? That's the one with Jason Bateman. And- oh, God, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch that last year. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> it's a 105-minute music video for early 2010s dance music yeah <laughs> that's, that's what the movie this. is i do remember this um but yeah that, that's about it that was my week um pretty all over the place with shit nice nice tyler what we been watching yeah so started the week off with rear window that was the first watch for me really Fresh loved one. it like really phenomenal like it was really close to a five star honestly i gave it a four and a half star but um just crazy how simplistic and basic it is. Like literally a man just looking out his rear window, observing his neighbors. Um, yep. But you're just, you're just gripped the entire time. But I mean, it's Alfred Hitchcock. That's kind of his specialty. Is just he's a master of suspense. It's literally his nickname. But loved rear window. Um, not as much as Psycho, but like it's up there. It's getting close. Uh, watch Ennis Men, um, which came oh, out. I like- haven't watched that yet. Actually, I need to. I need to watch that. It's the Cornish horror film, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very experimental horror film. Um, I didn't love it, but it's like. It's like Skinnamarink Plus. Like it's very similar to Skinnamarink, and in a lot of ways, it's a woman who's on a on a Cornish island working, yeah. observing a flower, uh, and you just kind of see her get a little delusional as she's kind of out there alone, working long hours, and starts seeing things um, about that. I've heard me- very like mixed. I mean, you can tell by the letterbox graph; it's very similar. You know, it's very, it's like a Skinnamarink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I definitely looked more Skinnamarink though. Probably a bit, uh, bit nicer than Skinnamarink, I would say. In terms believe of the it or not, I I posted yesterday. Sorry to interrupt you. What are you watching, Tyler? I posted no my ten worst movies of the year video yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Skinnamarink is on that list. I got probably like two comments about Skinnamarink. I got hundreds on no, five, five nights of freddy's yeah i briefly looked yeah, at your yeah. comment section and so i was just all five nights Dude, all all right. oh, yeah. <laughs> i put in my bottom 20 i think it was like sixth or fifth in my i mean i expected people, people to like shaft me for skinnamarink but it was well, five nights a lot less seen there was a five, five nights freddy's is this is a game adaptation just i built up a huge fan yeah, base to be like a franchise film so people are just all over it, aren't they Fair, fair. Yeah, the fact that it came out the same exact day on Peacock and it still made like what two hundred or three hundred million at the box office, I imagine the overall total view count's got to be insane on Five Five Nights at Freddy's. So, I'd actually like to carry on. Uh, I I watched Chicken Run for the first time. I did not actually get to Dawn of the Nugget, so I have to sit out for you guys's discussion of Dawn of the Nugget. But I saw Chicken Run for the very first time. But honestly, it might have not been my first time. It's one of those where it's like probably saw this as a kid at some point, but don't really remember it. Watch Rustin, which is a Netflix original civil rights movie. Um, I'm trying to find the name. Coleman Domingo Coleman is getting Domingo. some no, some yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oscar buzz some. for his performance in this. He's getting a lot of Oscar buzz for that. Yeah, no. I feel like a lot of Oscar buzz for like the seventh or eighth best actor like nominee. Like he, like I don't think a lot of people are predicting him like to be a nominee, but a lot of people are like this. He could yeah. be a sleeper nominee. Um, his performance is fine. I mean, it's a standard biopic. It's a really safe movie. I mean, we talked about last week. I think Leave the World Behind was produced by Barack Obama. This was also produced by Barack Obama. Um, it's just like a very safe movie. It's about a civil rights activist who's coordinating the March on Washington. And he also happens to be homosexual, which at the time, and I mean, even still today, obviously, is a very contentious issue. And it made him be ousted by a lot of people. And it just added a whole new wrinkle and struggle to his fight for change. So, like, with that subject matter and that person, uh, Rustin, like, you could 
do so much and make such like a searing cutting biopic but it was just like a very it just felt like you're watching like a wikipedia page unfold it's just like okay like this happened and this happened this happened mm-hmm. minor emotional moment that didn't really cut that hard because you didn't care enough about the characters and then the movie's over so i was like eh, this was just not not the greatest but sure he was fine like he's good whatever um watch a haunting also in, in yeah, color ahead. purple right Sorry. right yeah because he, yeah. he's in two movies and i think that's the other one which yeah also sounds like it's like not getting as much awards buzz as people expected but i think it's mainly because just coming out so damn late in the year that's yeah. just kind of tough well like, i, I feel like if you want oscars if you want genuine oscars you can't like release your movie in december like if you like genuinely want to get them no what i will say is colin domingo that man does not look 55 it's kind of crazy is he's he 55? 55 yeah oh jesus christ he looks good much looking younger. Yeah, he's crazy. yeah good looking dude. he's got that got that whatever juices in hollywood flowing in him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever erewhon grocery store 35 dollars green juices keep you young uh watch haunting in venice to to cap off the poirot trilogy definitely liked it the most like compared to like murder on murder on the orient express and death on the nile but that's not really saying much but it's still like very average overall but it was genuinely like more like scary is the wrong word but there was like so many stupid jump scares and i was like oh, this is so unnecessary and like they like extra crank the sound effects it seemed like for the jump scares so i was like they're just not even enjoyable it's supposed to be like a detective mystery and just like every time someone like turns a corner it's just the loudest ear shattering bang i'm like oh, <laughs> cool you got me man which is, is always my least favorite thing in horror movies because it's just so annoying Rewatch the gift which I, re- I really oh, like the gift. gift. Yeah, oh, and it, yeah. I, I didn't realize until this watch that it was directed and written by Joel Edgerton, which I, I really like Joel Edgerton. Yeah, so it was I cool do. It's cool to see him uh, direct and write this and star in it. So he kind of crushed it and he produced it. He just this is like his baby, his gift, I guess you'd say. But just such a creepy, unsettling movie. I just think <laughs> the ending the ending just ruins it. The, the whole film's really good. I just don't like the ending at all. Just because it's like too fucked up? It's not even that. I just think it's so like fed to you in a way where it's just it's just kind of boring and expected yeah. but i really like the the whole kind of first half you know reintroduce himself and he, he just like tries to get into their lives he's leaving presence at the doorstep mm-hmm. rebecca hall is obviously great as well and jason bates a really good cast actually i do i actually really like mm-hmm. that film a lot jason bateman's just so likable in so many movies but he also played like being so unlikable so well like he, he's just yeah. a great actor for like what he what he's typecast for yeah. like he, he can just crush um Rewatch Eileen, this movie. Um, which I, I still liked it. It's it's just nothing nothing crazy, but it's still like a solid movie. I watched Dream Scenario, the Nick Cage movie, uh, mm. where he's like in everyone's dreams. It was I, it was I honestly liked it more than I thought. The initial reviews I saw from some mutuals on Letterboxd were pretty lukewarm. I gave it three point five, so it's not super high, but basically Nick Cage just starts randomly appearing in everyone's dreams, and then more and more people are just like, "I've never met you, but I'm dreaming about you." You're like either trying to have sex with me or you're trying to kill me or like you're just like standing there watching me just a bunch of creepy stuff and it's just kind of like a a film about is that what that movie's about yeah he just starts showing up in people's dreams it's kind of like a oh that's fucking hilarious yeah the movie i want to watch that now that sounds yeah it's kind of like about like the hive mind of society and like how like you know it just becomes a global phenomenon and then nick cage is just a famous man for being in people's dreams it's it's definitely comical Uh, i had no idea that that's what that movie was about no i didn't yeah and nick cage has been in like seven movies this year i think it is this isn't like on a scale of normal actor to full-on nick cage this isn't there's probably like number three full-on nick cage for the year so it's like above average for him on the year but it's like butcher's crossing for example was a nick cage movie this year that he was just like a normal actor and didn't really unleash the cage in him this one he he gets a little a little cagey but uh 
Devil or not Devil all the time. I always think that's what it's called. It's the one with Joel Kinnaman from this year. Oh, uh, I haven't seen. I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, the Devil Inside, something like that. Something like that. I don't know why I can't. But if you're listening, it's the Joel Kinnaman Nick Cage movie from this year. That's the one that's like Nick Cage at 250. percent That's him just going absolutely insane. Um, and then of course Wonka, which we'll talk about. Poor Things, which we'll talk about. My triple feature concluded with uh, the Boy and the Heron and Godzilla minus one. Since Seth also saw Godzilla minus one, we'll save that for a little segment later. The yes. Boy and the Heron, I really liked. Um, but like you said, Seth, I think it's best when you have all of Miyazaki. Did you watch any beforehand? Uh uh-uh. uh. I told not. you why. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like Studio Ghibli. I'm just not a big Ghibli guy. I know you guys but, are, but it's like nothing will ever compel me to turn it on. It just doesn't like excite me. You know, I don't know. Um, but I guess you just think the boy in there is like one of the worst ones. You know what I mean? To to go into. For a- yeah, uh, it, my the sound went out my theater when I watched it. Was just kind of funny, and it like happened at a moment where like there was like a like, explosion in the sky like an hour in. So like we all just kind of sat there and we're like. Maybe there's like an intended silence and there's no dialogue for another like 15 seconds. Like you didn't see anyone's like mouth moving or anything. So we're like, hmm, maybe this is. And then finally they showed uh, Mahito's face and he started like talking. We didn't hear anything we're like, ah, OK, this is not supposed to be silent here. So someone finally someone ran out to get the theater person, but it only took like 30 seconds. They rewinded it a minute. Before, I'm doing call, I remember. Yeah, it was just it was just funny because we were all just sitting there like this might be intentional, but we can't really tell. It just happened at such an exact moment of like an explosion yeah, yeah, yeah. that we were like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, rewatched the holdovers when I got home from that. Just such a good comfort movie for me. And then the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which we'll be talking about on Friday for the real quick review this week. Perfect. Um, as far as me, I rewatched Oppenheimer for the first time since. Really great. I actually, well, I bought the four K the other day because I want I want I want Anna to watch it. I think she'll really like it. Man, the fuck, the poster on that film is so terrible. I hate it. Really, yeah, I hate it's that poster. So, so bad. It's like an MCU poster. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry I missed out on getting the Steelbook. So it's got like the nice poster, you know, where he's like walking. Yeah. Like a shot of him walking. That's around. like the only one that's good. Yeah. No, there's actually a few. I actually don't mind the one where he's got the goggles on. It's like um, he's like looking out the window. Yeah, I mean anything's better than that one where it's just some like, of the yeah, alternate bomb. posters on Letterbox are sick. Like they need to start using those posteriority posters more often. It's because they, they just need Killian Murphy's face front and center. Yeah, and he's with the bomb. which is weird because yeah. he's like never been a really lead until this. So it's like yeah, yeah but he, like, Killian Murphy's is still like a huge name. Like Peaky Blinders, for example, yeah. is just such a huge show, and also he's worked with Nolan before many times. So it's just like right, one, yeah. It's like Kills of Far Moon. That those posters were fucking atrocious. It's also a Christopher Nolan movie. I don't think he needed a poster for this movie. He could. Have yeah, exactly. A, I don't think sheet like, of paper with the word Oppenheimer, and he still would have made a billion. It'd be so jokes if they just had Josh Peck on the cover <laughs> with his hand over the button. That's just the Oppenheimer cover. Um, yeah. So we watched Oppenheimer. Uh, yeah, really great. Uh, remains my uh, number two Second. of the year. Yeah, number two of the year. What was one uh, again? Oh, Flower Moon. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, I watched The Magician, which is a cool Bergman film. Watched Wonka, uh, which obviously we'll speak about. Watched Sunrise, Song of Two Humans, which is really, really great. I watched Justice League. Uh, yeah, I can't believe you. So the, the the point of the Snyder Cut, I mean, I know you want to experience all of that, I, but like I kind of didn't. I didn't know that to be honest. I thought it was like two separate films. At first. Dude, we've talked about this so listen. many times. <laughs> I, no, but it was more like I just put it on like um. I mean, I'm I'm weirdly happy you watched it because I'm now I'm more interested for you to watch the Snyder Cut now because I'm more yeah, interested yeah, yeah. for you to just see like the difference in vision between the two. Yeah, um, it was more like one of them were just cut on when I was like working. Um, it was just so bad. It's, it's like, so bad. 
it's crazy how bad that film is. It's yeah. so ugly. Everything's a mess. Nothing makes sense. The ending is terrible. Um, I think that I think that movie has the worst superhero line of all time. When Superman is flying towards Steppenwolf and goes, "Is this guy still bothering you?" Oh my god! It's my least favorite line in any superhero movie. Joss yeah. Whedon made out like a bandit on that because on Letterboxd and IMDb it still says directed yeah, by Zack Snyder. Says so Zach Joss Snyder. Whedon just made <laughs> Wait, out like an. Did he direct it? Well, because it, it was like the whole thing where so Zack Snyder basically Seth, was directing it, and then his, his was his daughter, or his son Seth. It was his daughter on a live herself, so he stepped away, and then Joss oh, Whedon took yeah, over yeah, like yeah. halfway yeah, yeah. through. But it's just like, but it's still every like in fifty years from now. Are like kids? Kids are gonna look back and be like, "Man, Zack Snyder directed a shitty Justice yeah. League movie in 2017." Like people will just, Joss Whedon will just get away weird. like a bandit. That is weird. Um, Seth, watch it today. Watch Snyder cut today. No, it's like seven I'm not gonna movie. lie. I, I when I saw Too the first Justice League because I watched it chronologically, I was like, "There's no way like a Snyder cut can actually be better." Like because I gave the Justice League like one, I gave the Snyder cut like a four or four point five or something. Like I was shocked how much I liked it more. It is. It's night and day. Like I think Seth, you're gonna just. You're, I don't think you're going to love the movie. I think Snyder Cut will be like a three and a half type movie for you, realistically. Yeah, but it's like seven hours for three and it's, a half. It's now. episodic, though. You can, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. there are title cards mm. for part one, part two. So you can literally watch it as a limited series if you want. And I, I think that's what kind of it's made for, though. You, you want to watch it in one, don't you? I mean, yeah. I think it would have been smarter for him to have released it as a limited series, just six or seven with the epilogue. Kind of like what the, the Hateful Eight ended up doing. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Quick random side thought on Zack Snyder. Sorry to butt in, Seth. But uh, I posted like a DC ranking on TikTok and I put Batman Snyder's Batman vs. Superman at four. And then some of the comments were all like, this man put Batman vs. Superman, Superman at four. Like, this guy has no taste. And genuinely, I was like, are they That's, mad? I put it too high or too low. Like I genuinely don't know when it comes yeah, to Snyder. I think, like, I think, are, I think too these, high because maybe a lot of people haven't seen the other. Probably fifty fifty. But like, yeah, you, you can't be fully sure because there's so many Snyder no. fans. Like, because like obviously we saw with like yeah, the maybe. whole Rebel it's Moon my scores coming four. out. Like everyone is like, yeah, oh, like yeah. such an anti Snyder agenda. But I was just like, funny. I was like, I actually don't know if they're mad. I put it too high, <laughs> or too low. Yeah, that is like crazy low rated, even for a Snyder film on on Letterbox, isn't it? So maybe it is. Hmm. I don't know if all, like all of Snyder's movies have like the no, but that's like that's like a two point two or some shit. That's like a low. Damn, do you know what I mean? That low? Yeah, I think so. Somewhere around that. I'm so excited. Whereas at least like Man of Steel, don't be excited for Rebel Moon. George is terrible. Um, at least, but does the extended cut also the extended cut also comes out this weekend, right? Like you get two versions. I don't know. I actually no. He didn't mention that when we went to the thing. I have no idea what was happening with that. I don't know if that's confirmed. Is it confirmed? Maybe it is. I, I don't know. If it, if it does, I'll definitely just watch that instead because it sounds like yeah, well, no, you I, and I, everyone I, else said there's no reason. Absolutely to watch that. One hundred percent. Like that's the cut. Do you know what I mean? That's the direct <laughs> cut. What the studios wouldn't allow. So one hundred percent. But the the cut I saw. <sighs> Sorry, oh, good, sorry, to, sorry to push you on an aside. Go ahead. Sorry, George. Um, rewa- watched, well, actually literally watched um, Godzilla Minus One and Dawn of Lugger. Didn't watch too much this week. Um, and that is pretty much it. Yeah, it is. Perfect. So we'll go on to our movie reviews of the week. We've got a few. I think we'll start off with, obviously, Poor Things. I didn't get a chance to see it. Well, didn't get a chance because it's not out. I think it releases <laughs> here like... The 13th of January, so not, you know, not crazy bad, like usual, but it's still Damn. annoying because like, I did want to um, watch it this year because I'll probably end up doing like a, you know, like a 2023 ranking at the end of the year when I won't be able to include mm-hmm. it and everyone will be like, oh, I have to go through that again, which is great. Dude, um, I, I started like writing down just in my notes app, like all of like my end of year videos I want to yeah. do, like 
I did the worst movies yesterday. Today, yeah, it's like mad stressful. There's there's like it a is. lot of things I want to talk about. I'm saving mine yeah. for January 1st at this point because I have so much I want to catch up on. I'm doing my set on the bright side week. for our draft that we'll probably do like on real quick in a couple of weeks where we do most anticipated of 2024. Poor things. You can pull a Babylon and draft that in the draft. Yeah, but oh, I'm, I'm not anticipating it that much though. You know? Oh, I thought you were excited for it, but so am, either, no, either no, way, no, you can. I, I can I text you when yeah. we're done. Just if you want to be completely removed from like and don't want any spoilers or any anything spoiler or anything. But yeah, well, bye bye. See you later. Have fun. <laughs> Shouldn't be too too long. Um, no. so George, poor things. Um, you saw it at the New York Film Festival, right? Yeah, not, not really was... screen, not a separate early screening. No, Film Festival second, I believe. Um, yeah, because May December was the opening night film, and then I believe. Poor Things was number two. So second film with a film festival. Um, definitely one of my favorites of the film festival. I think I have it at number two right now behind Hitman, the, the Linklater flick. Um, and again, one of my more anticipated of the year. Um, I, I still haven't seen The Favorite, which I like fucking hate to admit because I just... I love just Emma directing Yorgos directing Emma. I think it's just it's just, it's a match made in heaven, especially in Poor Things. Um, so I I need to continue that little relationship there. Um, but no, I I think this was brilliant. This sits just inside my top ten. Um, I think in my well, I don't think I know in my letterbox review I, I refer to this as an ode to creativity, um, and I think that's pretty much exactly what this is. I think Yorgos is playing with so much in this movie that you just don't see a lot of filmmakers like handle um and he's also just giving us a really thematically rich screenplay while also just having the best time of his life behind the camera um it's really i know you said in your letterbox review it's 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 very sexual filmmaking it's about sexual liberation religious liberation there's a lot to process when you're watching poor things and i i i think there's just a, a lot to love from this movie. Um, freedom, identity, power. Um, obviously, we refer to Willem Dafoe's character as God. So I know you you touched a lot on religion in your letterbox review, and, and I'm sure you'll touch on it again here. But that is uh, more so, I'm not going to say at the forefront, because I do think the, the sexual liberation and, and that aspect of this film is more so in the forefront. But religion is right there with it like you said um but yeah like i said i think yorgos is just he's utilizing a lot of camera work techniques color schemes editing decisions that we've never seen him play around with but we've also never seen other filmmakers play around with and while doing so he's giving us this screenplay emma's giving us this incredible performance mark ruffalo who i'm a slight hater of I think he is number two on the best supporting actor list this year behind RDJ. Um, there's just a lot coming together in this film that just make it such a unique and just wacky experience. And I say wacky in, in, in a very good way. Um, it, it was very funny, the movie. It was also very insightful, very important, I think, in terms of this year's filmography. I think this sits you know, closer to the top of the list of just important films that I think a lot of people need to see because, like I said, we're touching on growth, sexual liberation, freedom, identity, um, religion, which, again, I'm sure you'll touch on more. Um, but, yeah, this sits just inside my top 10. Um, I believe it's uh, it's number... Where's my letterbox? 
It's my number nine right now, and just looking at my top eight, I could see it going up a few spots on rewatch, so I would like to rewatch it before the end of the year if I have the chance. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was great. This was one of the better um, experiences of mine at the film festival. It was obviously one of my more anticipated films of the year. Um, Emma is still my number one on the list of uh, best actresses. Um, I know a lot of people have Lily Gladstone at the top. I know a lot of people are pulling for Sandra Hewler, who I think was also fantastic in Anatomy of a Fall. But I think Emma just took her name and put it in the stratosphere with the all-time greats after this movie. Um, not that she wasn't there already. I think she was personally. I think she's been one of the best actresses of the last decade or so. Um, but I think this one just elevated her to the heights of a Kate Blanchett or something. And maybe that's maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but that's how much I, I, I adore Emma and, and, and her in this role. Yeah, I mean, Emma Stone is phenomenal in this. It's crazy that just looking back and seeing, scrolling through Netflix and just seeing other Emma Stone movies from from yesteryear of like, you know, like House Bunny of the world. Yeah. And like she has like a super wild bad. Like it, It's like she went from being such a, like, you know, being yeah. in just like kind of comedies. A, crazy, stupid love. Right, just nothing crazy, nothing great, but like always good, but never like great films. Um, I mean, some of those like Crazy Stupid Love, I really, I really enjoyed. Superbad's one of the greats. But I mean, in terms of when you're talking about like filmmaking, like they're not going to be like, you know, the super experimental, the super, you know, Oscar worthy type movies, whereas Poor Things is, and The Favorite, like the movies she's starting to get into now, La La Land, like she's really starting to dive yeah. into being like one of the elite tier actresses in Hollywood. I, I love her in this. I think Lily Gladstone is great this year. But the thing like is like with her, I think. Her performance is so good for like what it was, but this year we just had so many actresses who like transformed. Like Emma yeah. Stone transformed for this. Uh, Kaylee, Kaylee Spaney, I think transformed yeah. for Priscilla. So like Lily Gladstone for me might be like my top five still, but she's not top three. I don't think for me right now. She's my number five. Yeah, yeah. Like I think she's still gonna be my top five, but I, I don't really have her like as like an elite contender for winning. But. Um, I think Emma Stone is so good in this. Like it, she really runs the gambit of not only just being such a, you know, bizarre performance, but she goes from starting, you know, as basically an infant where she's can barely walk is, is completely uncoordinated. Can't say any words. She slowly starts to learn language, slowly starts to become more coordinated until the very end. She's basically walking completely normal, completely coordinated and fully fluent and, and, and proper language and well-educated. And you just see her, really transformed slowly throughout this movie and it's really incredible to see so her performance is is amazing i am a mark ruffalo hater i do think he's really really good in this <laughs> um, we'll save it for the spoiler talk but my favorite supporting actor in this still is christopher abbott um he's not in it as yeah. much as mark ruffalo but good god um great actor. and uh yeah like this movie like uh, you touched on is just so heavy on just like sexual independence religious liberation spiritual ex spiritual expira exploration um like the there's a lot of stuff on the surface that's so obvious that it's, it's a religious film in terms of you know uh willem defoe's character is named dr godwin baxter but he goes by god and then the first kind of thing that emma stone does in his house that grants her pleasure is an apple so i was like okay those are like very obviously like religious but it wasn't until i got home when i started just like i was like i'm just gonna google some of the names of people in the cast and just see like if there's other connections here so i googled like Wedderburn, like the guy, the last name of Mark Ruffalo's character who kind of comes and takes her away from Willem Dafoe. 
And it's like, oh, okay. So Robert Wedderburn was this notable preacher in the late 1700s who fought for social reform and abolition of slavery in Britain. And like Emma Stone is basically William Defoe who kept her in the house was like, you're not allowed to leave. And, uh, you know, basically said, you're, you're going to do exactly what I say. Live with me forever. Um, the guy, I can't remember his name in the movie who wants to marry her initially. He's like, yeah, you can marry her, but like you're, you guys have to live here forever and like never leave. So she's basically a prisoner and Wedderburn's the guy who kind of fights for her abolition and takes her away. Um, there's other stuff like Margaret Qualley's character, Felicity, uh, is the name of a biblical slave. A lamb is an important symbol in this film, which is both suffering and triumphant. So there's just a lot of connections that I just, I, I started to simply just like Googling just like the name and then religion, like in, in Google, I just got like so many connections. So I was like, okay, so it wasn't anything like when I was watching it, I made all these connections other than like the God thing and the, and the Apple. But, um, very quickly i just went down this rabbit hole I was like okay this is all starting to really start to come together here i think yorgos lanthimo is just such a cohesive film in terms of his vision the i love like the use of fisheye lenses in terms of like it makes us really feel like we're watching you know like a fish like we're we're watching this experiment where they're you know we're kind of on the outside the creator the the viewer of this experiment and we're just simply watching things unfold the production design was crazy so much of it was practically done the colors are so beautiful like when they're when she's looking over the city in lisbon when they're on the boat to greece so many of the the shots of the sky or the smoke or the fog from the from the steam engine everything just has such crazy visual colors um i, I honestly wish there's more of it because i feel like every time we got it it was such a beautiful splash i'm like oh man that's just like so great and it just looked so this film looked incredible it starts in black and white and then becomes in color when she kind of becomes freed so very tied to kind of not only her liberation but also you know she's young and can barely speak and barely move things are black and white and then you know she's opened up to a whole new world of color and starts learning things um yeah that's kind of all i'll go and do for the non-spoiler part but uh it's definitely a movie that i was really interested to see what people in my theater thought because like i was with a generally older crowd and i think in general people liked it but i don't know if the like obviously it's a very graphic film in terms of like there's a lot of nudity and sex in it and i don't know i feel like sometimes older audiences might not love that but i didn't really get a vibe of people hating it no one walked out or anything and i feel like if you were the type to get offended by this there's a lot of opportunities where you could have just walked out and no one did so it's like okay i think we might be okay here but um really enjoyed it comedic gothic drama uh it's at my number 10 of the year i gave it four out of five stars and uh yeah i guess i'll throw up the spoiler tags we can kind of like open up our discussion a bit but uh yeah where would you like to start on spoilers i don't know i mean this, this isn't a movie i would like necessarily care to spoil just because one i know our uk audience hasn't really seen it yet so i, mm -hmm. I want them to go in as blind as possible but also there's not a lot of like story beats here that like like i think we touched on i think the important parts of this movie are in its themes and and in its messaging which which we kind of touched on i don't think there's anything necessary unless you want to go into anything spoilery not not super deep but um i guess i would say like a, first off the bat a lot of people are going to be you know this is a movie that had a lot of buzz before it came out where people were like oh my god like emma stone there's like a 20 minute sex scene which probably all combined throughout every it's sex more. scene in the movie it's, it's probably like yeah that's probably about accurate yeah um but just i guess kind of like laying the groundwork for what those are so she's and I guess it's not really spoilers, but I guess I'll talk about the plot a little more deeply without worrying about like revealing too much. But film starts with her as an experiment where 
She basically was a woman named Victoria who threw herself off a bridge and killed herself when she was pregnant. At the, when we later find out she was married to a man um, with the last name Blessington. I don't have his first name, but also I just feel like choosing the name Blessington for your ba- <laughs> for the last name. I was just like, there's just too much here that I have to be religious, like religious backgrounds here. But she kills herself. Um, Willem Dafoe finds her. He's kind of this... Um, experimentalist yeah experimentalist university it seems like he's yeah. like a professor at some university yeah. or at least he, he does like public exhibitions of what he's doing for his for his surgeries he takes the baby out of emma stone uh, she's already dead at this point victoria is she takes the baby out and uh takes the brain from the baby puts it in emma stone's head um so the baby is sacrificed re- recreates victoria to become alive again he takes her in and his daughter names her uh, bella baxter and that's kind of why she starts off as this, you know, infant mentally. Like she can't, she literally has no words she can speak. She's learning about like 10 to 15 words a day. She can't walk. She can't catch things thrown at her. She has no coordination whatsoever. And the main, like for the whole first third of this movie is her gaining the ability to walk, gaining the ability to talk, getting that cognition level in her brain up. Um, and as she's doing this, uh, Willem Dafoe takes on, like a, a student of his to be like a live-in basically observer. Like his job is just to fully observe and take notes on everything Emma Stone is is doing throughout this Bella Baxter is doing throughout this. I'm trying to find out what that dude's name is like in the movie. Max, maybe? I don't know. I think maybe his name is Maxwell yeah, or Max. Ma- but Max McCandless. Yeah, perfect. And he he's he starts to get growing an infatuation for Emma Stone. He becomes attracted to her and he wants to marry her. And Willem Dafoe's like, sounds good, but you have to stay here forever. But we got to get this signed off by a lawyer. That's where Mark Ruffalo's character comes in. Uh, Duncan Wedderburn, I think. And he's like, I got to see this woman who's being kept in her room and like has to have such a strong legal contract to make sure she never leaves. Goes up to see, see her. He's like, damn, dude, she's she's fine. And he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you away from here. We're, we're we're escaping you. You're coming with me. We're gonna go on an adventure. You can't be cooped up in here forever. And that's kind of when the whole movie sets in motion. He takes her to Lisbon. They go to Greece. They go to maybe Paris. Um, probably another stop along the way. But they really just go throughout, you know, Europe traveling. Um, and at this point, mentally, she's getting to the point where she's. Uh, already when she was at home, like I said, in the non-spoiler part with the apple, she's experiencing sexual pleasure at this point. So she's probably like, a, you know, just raging hormones around probably like mentally, probably like late teen, early adult age at this point. So she's experiencing sex for the first time. She just wants everything Wedderburn has to offer and more. She has no quit in her. She just wants to go, go, go. So that's where you get a lot of the initial nudity is from them. You know, you know, Mark Ruffalo just hairy ass shot you get a nice hairy <laughs> ass shot of mark ruffalo yeah. but he, he was just fully committed and one thing we talked about last week and i don't know if you saw this on twitter where like people were like would joke on set that mark ruffalo is going to be replaced by oscar isaac in the I cast saw that. <laughs> i mean oscar isaac would i'm sure be great but i feel like he is too good like mark ruffalo is a good looking guy don't get me wrong but i feel like he's like the perfect level of good looking for this role whereas like oscar isaac would have been too like suave and good looking too clean yeah whereas like ruffalo kind of had to be a little bit of a loser you know at the same time yeah. or like pathetic and i don't think oscar isaac could really be that pathetic because he's just like too like he's too cool. i don't know he's just too like epic looking yeah. like you wouldn't you wouldn't turn down him whereas mark ruffalo with his little hairy self you can kind of be like oh, he's a little <laughs> pathetic um but yeah they just travel the world having sex and uh, experiencing new things and uh then kind of ultimately i'm not just going to go through the entire plot but then like just going over like the nudity parts and 
later in the film she becomes when she leaves Wedderburn because she's kind of like you know what I've only tasted you as like one flavor in my life I'm not really interested in that anymore and he just started to get too controlling too aggressive with her and he she uh she needed money she was on her own so she joins a brothel and becomes a prostitute and then you get just montages of just like a ton of different men just going in there and and having sex with her so that's kind of where most of the the nudity from the movie comes in but I mean it's one of those things that like it's either going to bother you or it's not I don't think I think it's a very hard line in terms of people are either like put off by nudity or they aren't. And I feel like if, I don't know, like I, I don't really have an issue with it. I mean, at some points I was like, I mean, this is getting a little much in terms of just like, I don't really need to keep seeing all these like dudes <laughs> going to town on Emma Stone. But like, I didn't actually like care enough to like ever make it like sour my opinion of the movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you ever think it was too much? No, I don't know. I The, the, the brothel scene, I, I was trying to like gauge like my theater's experience when when that scene was kind of going on because we were like the first batch of people to have seen it mm-hmm. um and it didn't seem to to bother a lot of people and i'm honestly surprised how i don't know i don't know about you maybe i'm on the, just the wrong side of tiktok and movie twitter but i have not seen any like discourse around just the amount of nudity in this movie like it's like surprise. Like I, I saw more discourse around Oppenheimer's nudity, and there was <laughs> true, just like compared to poor things, Oppenheimer was a PG movie. Um, but no, it, it was never off-putting. Um, it, especially because I think this movie is just so rich in its themes, and its screenplay was so strong that everything just it, it, it made sense. It felt warranted. It didn't feel like Yorgos was like, okay, let me just toss in this twenty-five minute sex scene of various men going to town on emma stone just for the fuck of it it felt i guess rewarding it felt warranted and it felt needed in this movie to progress the plot and the character of bella baxter forward so it never bothered me um nudity in general in movies doesn't really bother me and and then i guess if if it doesn't bother me in poor things where yeah maybe at times a lot of people will say it could have been excessive then i don't know i don't think it's gonna bother me in general i think it was fine and and i guess tasteful maybe i don't i don't think that's the right word given that she was in a brothel but (laughs) just the fact that it was warranted in the screenplay just makes it you know appropriate yeah for sure and the entire the entire supporting cast was just so good in this movie it's such a well cast movie because i mean obviously emma stone's the star here and mark ruffalo is probably the clear number two in terms of like screen time and, and stuff to do and then willem dafoe probably in there at three but then you get these minor supporting roles of like Catherine hunter as the brothel runner was just so great um on the boat when they're going to Greece. Didn't love Jared Carmichael, honestly, but I, I'm going to reserve that for maybe just like his whole point was he's such a rigid he was just philosophy. There. He was he was supposed to be like the guy who's like very much clear cut, right or wrong, dry, drab, no real fun. Um, so I, I, maybe that was the kind of like the point yeah. of his character to be super stiff. Um, but like Christopher Abbott at the end being her Victoria's original husband that yeah. she committed suicide to get away from. I thought he was so great. It just immediately you realize he's just like this controlling asshole that, that just wants to absolutely just take over her life once again. Margaret Qualley coming in as like the new mm-hmm. Bella Baxter was fucking hilarious. I wish we got more of her. Like not maybe not uh, actually because of the too. screenplay, but but like but like just because Margaret Qualley is so great and I feel like she could have been every so time awesome. I see Margaret Qualley, I swear in my head I think, okay, this is gonna be like a breakout role. And then she always just takes like such a crazy back seat. Like I she's like and I know she had like a much larger role in um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. but like she's good enough to like either support a movie or even lead a movie and like 
she was so underused in this movie yeah i would have loved to see a little more of her but the only part in the brothel scene i was like off putting was when the father was like the, yeah there teaching the... his sons yeah that was wild. that was that was the weird part but yeah i, I don't i mean what year was it supposed to take place in obviously that's the no, thing like, you don't really know like it's you, do, it you don't past, know it but also could be future like it's kind of just this alternate yeah. world for science fiction world because there's a lot of things that happen science wise that that's going on that you might think would be futuristic but a lot of the settings could be yeah. past. There's, there's just, like flying cars. Right, exactly. So but this is but like, then they're dressing the way they dress. <laughs> yeah, it's just this alternate science fiction, yeah. alternate reality, which was really cool. But I think visually this movie was incredible. The The production design was hitting on all beats. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the final ending with the lamb, I thought was hilarious. And, and just the entire movie I, I had a really good time with. Never was like... I was always in love with the technical aspects, like the costume design, the production design were always incredible. And I was always in awe of Emma Stone's performance, but I was never like in love with the movie as it was unfolding. Like I was never like, oh, this is like amazing. Like I'm really enjoying this, but I never like disliked it. So it's like a four star for me from a production aspect. Everything was incredible. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just it wasn't like a movie where I was like, this is like something I can't wait to rewatch. Like this is going to be a new favorite of mine. Um, but it's definitely like one of the best movies of the year in terms of like a cohesive cohesive vision put forward. Gonna be really interesting to see where the Oscars go. I know we're like super early in award season to the point where like nothing's really like locked in yet. I don't really like I know this Emma Stone's getting the most in. buzz, but yeah. what like, else? I, I, I think this is locked in for picture, director, actress, for nominations, yeah, nominations, nominations, mm-hmm. not wins. Um, I think Ruffalo <laughs> is locked in for um, supporting actor. Mm-hmm. I think. Defoe is questionable because as of right now, the Golden Globes were six nominations. Um, same with the Critics' Choice Awards, and Defoe has been sliding his way in. But I think he's going to be like the sixth one for the Oscars, so he'll, I think, get bumped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would not be surprised, and I'm going to warn all my Oppenheimer stands right now, this could clean up like the tech categories when it comes to like production design, costume design, um, uh, sound design, uh, score. Um, I think this is going to give um, Oppenheimer a run for its money in a lot of the tech categories. So a lot of people are saying Oppenheimer, best case scenario, could be this year's Mad Max Fury Road or this year's 1917. I wouldn't be surprised if between the tech categories, we see even like a nice little three-way split between Poor Things, Oppenheimer, and Flower Moon. Yeah, and what's interesting is Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things were all adapted screenplays. They're all based off books. So yeah. it's going to be a really contentious category, so it should be fun. Yeah. But um, you gave it a four-star, right? I'm going to text yeah, Beth and say I gave it a four-star. Um, again, it's one of those that like, I'm just looking at my 2022 ranked list right now. It's one of those movies that I'd love to rewatch. Like, I'd love to rewatch um, The Holdovers one more time before I like officially set my <laughs> ranking for the year. I'd love to rewatch. Um, poor things before I officially set my ranking of the year. If I can get to a theater and watch um, Godzilla once more, there's just, there's a lot. It basically I'm saying my top 10 outside of like my top two are so interchangeable that like, I'd like to rewatch all of them because if I rewatched all 10 movies in my top 10, my ranking could look completely different. So right. I'd like to do that in the next like week before I like officially drop my top 10. Well, I'm going to do top 20, actually my top 20 movies of, um, 2023. Yeah, for sure. Seth, welcome back. Hello. How are we all? Good. Doing good. Sorry. That lasted a little long. Good. Good. 
<laughs> so, um, poor things. I will obviously be seeing it next month. I'll go over my thoughts then. Uh, sadly enough, I'm going to wait. Uh, very, very sad. What did you guys give it? Actually, I didn't even ask. Both stars. stars. Both of us. Yep. Interesting. And Cam gave it a 3.5, by the way, for people who aren't. Uh, he, he did review it. He did see it when he was on his trip, but he has yeah. like a water heater issue he's dealing with right now, but he gave it a 3.5. Okay. Interesting. I think we'll move on to Chicken Rundle and Nugget next, just because yeah. we'll have the least to speak about on it, realistically. Yeah. So I'll run through the, the synopsis as well, because, you know, you kind of may as well, but it's a Chicken Run movie is what it is. Um, I really like the first Chicken Run, to be fair, but a band of fearless chickens flock together to save poultry kind from an unsettling new threat, a nearby farm that's cooking up something suspicious. Um, obviously directed by Sam Fell, obviously Arvin Studios. Um, I believe Sam Fell only, has only done like Flushed Away, I think. And maybe something else, I can't really remember. But I, I know he didn't do the first chicken one, or maybe he was involved, I can't remember. But yeah, George, if you go over your... I mean, we don't really have to go into spoilers, I don't really care enough. Zero spoilers um, for this movie. <laughs> just go into your, your, your thoughts, either way. Um, yeah, I did my, my chicken run double feature. Um, I had like the same thoughts that Tyler said earlier in the episode, where like, I keep saying I've never seen Chicken Run, but like while I was watching the movie, I was like, some of these like beats feel like familiar. So yeah. I'm sure in passing as a child, I had seen Chicken Run. Um, but officially, I guess I watched it for the first time when uh, Dawn of the Nugget came out and I did a little double feature. Um, I liked Chicken Run. I did. Um, I, I thought it was cool. I think the one thing missing from Dawn of the Nugget, and I said this in my letterbox review, it, it lacked like that scary aspect that chicken run had chicken run the first one just it felt so like dirty it felt so like it didn't feel like a clean movie obviously the stop motion and the fact that they're in like a muddy chicken coop just made for a very like dirty environment but i think that worked very well to like this movie being frightening like i said in my letterbox review this is a movie that could have like scarred me for life if i had seen it as like a seven-year-old um and dawn of the nugget just felt too calculated it felt too like it felt way too clean and i think that's just that's the charm of the original chicken run um that that i think dawn of the nugget lacked um but yeah i didn't think it was a bad movie at all i think i gave it a two and a half stars i think it's just right down the middle i think chicken nugget was just a really just normal chicken nugget um <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> chicken run dawn of the nugget it was just very like they tried to like reduce, reuse, recycle from the original chicken run, yeah, but they ended up like it, it felt too convoluted for its own good. Like they tried to add too many story beats. They tried to add too much like, I don't know. It felt like a home alone on steroids where like they really tried to like just up like the chickens being, you know, um, what's the word you know um just fighting back they, they tried to up the ante too much um and i just don't think that played well for this movie unfortunately um but yeah i i thought the first one was great i had a really good time with the first one like i said i think the stop motion on both of them are just fantastic i think the animation on dawn of the nuggets is is really special i think it's something to be praised um but just story-wise i just i didn't find myself caring um i think it didn't help me that i watched both of them back to back because the yeah, voice totally. acting was so noticeably different and it yeah. kind of like removed me because i like 
I really liked the voice acting of the original Chicken Run. I thought just yeah. every everyone was just really, really solid from um who was in it? Julia Sohali, Mel Gibson, Gibson Imelda Staunton. Um, I didn't care for Zachary Levi. I mean, even voice acting, this man just has no chemistry with anyone. And it was just like yeah. so obvious, which sucks because I really liked that character in the original Chicken Run. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much my thoughts on both Chicken Runs. Really liked the first one. I thought it was great. Pretty, you know, slightly above average. Um, way more political than I had expected it to be. Second one tries to up the ante a little too much. And at times, I think that's to its fault. And I think it's also just... And again, tell me if it's a stupid critique, but I just think it's too clean of a movie for a Chicken Run movie. Yeah, I think that where the first Chicken Run excels is that it is like dirty, like you said. It's a social and political commentary, which is backed up by these really, this really aesthetically appealing animation whilst also being dirty and, and grimy and where something you can actually feel, the, you know, the stakes in the chicken's, you know, pursuit of, of freedom and I think that the issue with the new one is it kind of a becomes too familiar. It's a, it's a plot we've seen many, many times again, B doesn't really raise the stakes to a point of the first one where you actually kind of feel it in any way or feel any sort of sense of emotion for them. C the voice, the voice acting doesn't work as well. You know, the, the, the I don't think the, 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 the switch of a few of the voice actors worked quite as seamlessly as they were expecting, especially with Rocky. You know, Mel Gibson was, was, was far better as far as I'm concerned than Zachary Levi, who so much better <laughs> did kind of struggle to, which is and his voice acting as well, just kind of struggled to, to stray away from just being himself and actually have any form of, um, of chemistry with the other voice actors. Um, yeah, I just, I just found it too familiar. Like, I get what you mean it is kind of clean in a way that doesn't feel like the first one it doesn't feel like this dark commentary it just feels like a familiar family story you know um kid off on his own save him fight them back whatever and just kind of the the, the same thing over and over again that we've seen to, to keep you know that we've we've seen so many times and it didn't really hold the the, the charm of the original don't run there were some good moments I, I definitely liked this film well over three star but it was above average you know <laughs> i i like the I like some of the characters. I think they're cool. You know, I like some of the ones that stayed. Some of the voice has like a little bit of Mel Stoughton a lot. And I think that it has this unique charm just because I like the Aardman films. You know, I love uh, Wallace and Gromit. Have you not seen Wallace and Gromit? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Curse of the Were-Rabbits. Yeah, I think we've had this conversation on the podcast. Curse of the Were-Rabbits is fantastic. Uh, it's chicken room. It's really, really good. Well, let me toss on my watch list. No, it's actually there. really, really good. Um, and it, I, I like, I do like the 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 Ardman, um stop motion designs. I am quite familiar with them. It's kind of what you, a lot of like British kids grow, grow up watching them. You know, they're very much, it's a very much British company, and especially Wallace and Gromit and Chicken One, huge ingrained in um, British childhood culture. But it didn't kind of remain on the charm. And I haven't actually watched Chicken Run in probably over a year now, but I've always enjoyed it, and I've always felt it had so much more to offer. Whereas this one, like you said, was just kind of run of the mill too familiar predictable you know remaining some of the funny moments remaining some of the cool characters it, i i'd compare this to like a knives out i'd compare chicken run dawn of the nugget or as george would call it chicken nugget i'd compare it to like a glass onion versus knives out so where it's like bigger doesn't always equal better they try to you know put a bigger plan in place make it too calculated like george said to the point where it's just like ah doesn't really have the same impact now um but again, I saw an okay time with this. Pretty, you know, easy, inoffensive watch. Um, so probably most people have a decent time with. I give it a three. 
out of five. So, you know, just above average, um, but definitely a big step down. So I think I give the first one a four. Uh, I do like the first one a lot. Um, but yeah, decent, not great by any means. Too, too familiar, too safe. Um, and bigger doesn't always equal better, as we've seen, you know, time and time again. Um, Tyler, did you watch the first chicken run? Do you want to give your thoughts on that? Yeah, I watched the first one. Um, yeah, like like George said, very a lot more political than I expected, which I always appreciate. Like uh, we saw Pinocchio last year, where it's films that you know they're they're kids' films. You know, put in quote, they're they're animated movies catered towards kids. But and most like a lot of Pixar films obviously have deeper meanings too. But like Chicken Run and, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio are like so fiercely political that it's enjoyable when you can kind of get that deeper meaning in a movie. I just didn't find myself super locked into it. Stop motion is always impressive to me, but. From an entertainment perspective, didn't didn't love it, but I didn't grow up with it like you did, and and I know I'm also lower on it than like pretty much everyone, so I gave it a two point five. But... I saw the comments on your live where you had uh, the British the British kids in there. Yeah, that disappointed in me for for yeah. giving me giving it a two point five, but uh, it's it's what it is. It's, it's sounds like uh, Don of the Nug is not the greatest. I didn't know Zachary Levi's in it. That just really put he's, puts he's the out. main guy who Mel Gibson Rocky who Mel Gibson plays in the first one. That's that that's real tough and disappointing to hear to be honest but uh i'm gonna watch it like probably honestly by the time this uploads i'll probably have my review up there so plug my letter if you gave the first one a 2.5 i could honestly like a one for you oh man well it's it's a step down it's a big step down have you seen have you seen mad god tyler no but i need to like because that's like the peak of stop motion claymation right no well it's in grammar is let's calm down um Technically, technically was Gromit, you know, was one of the first, but yeah, Mad God is like peak, just a scene. Mm-hmm. It's like perfect in its own way. It's really mm-hmm. weird. I'd, I'd be really keen to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, Chicken Run is one of those that, like, I don't like. I said when I during what we've been watching, I think I saw it as a kid, but don't remember. Wallace and Gromit, yeah. I absolutely remember seeing as a kid, and I did like those. So I'd be interested to revisit those because there's, there's multiple, right? Or is there just a one? Well, so was, there's, there's the, was the there ever a TV film. show? Yeah, yeah. So okay, like that's what I remember there. watching a ton. Of there's it. like um, there's forty minute like films as well. It's thirty minute short films. Um, obviously there's the the main film which is Curse of the Were Rabbit, which I love. It's a great film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're just ingrained in British culture. Like everyone kind of grows up with you know Wallace and Gromit and stuff like that. I, I really really like them. Just Arden films in general. Um, I think that's why Coraline is such a big one over here as well, just purely because of the design and stuff and like paranormal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. So I give it a a three um george gave it a two and a half, and, a half. Yep. and then i gave the first one four george gave it 3.5 tyler gave it 2.5 because he doesn't know cinema um we'll continue <laughs> so i think cam watched both too I, i'm gonna try to pull i think, yeah, I think cam likes the first i don't know what you thought oh he gave the second one a three i think he gave the same as me I yeah thought, he I gave it a three yeah that's a tough thing because cam had to miss this episode on a last minute thing and like this is one of the weeks where he like watched everything like he watched poor things he even yeah. saw the iron claw early like, or wait, did no, he, he didn't because he had he had a work meeting oh, yeah, that canceled yeah, yeah. it. Because he was in like because d- the Iron Claw takes place like in Dallas, so like there's very few few places you can see it right now. But he's like in the area where like it's it's set, so like they had early yeah, screenings. Yeah. He's like, hell yeah, I'm on a trip here, perfect time, and I'm gonna go see it. And then like he texts us like two hours later, like, and they just scheduled a work dinner, so I have to cancel <laughs> my screen. I'm like, damn, that sucks. And on top of that, not to mention as he's seen everything, but he also. Like, we'll go on to Wonka, which obviously mm-hmm. people have seen. He really liked that, but he also really likes the first chicken run. So, you know, he's like me, so it would have been here to hear his thoughts on the second one. Um, but yeah, we'll move on, obviously, to Wonka. Like I said, um, let me get up the synopsis. All the boys are wonking. 
I swear, bro, I, that's the most overused. I've never been. I never heard anyone say it before I said it. So I'm going to. I never heard Wonka yeah, and Wonka. Actually, but like, I like in the last like it. week, every other tweet I see is I've been wanked I'm, off I'm, or I've been wonked I'm off. I'm claiming it's, it's mine. Wonked off. Keep it PG. Um, right, let me get the fucking. Okay, but yes, we, we have all been wonked off. We've been wonked off hard. Uh, <laughs> Willy Wonka, chock full of ideas and determined to change the world. One delect, delectable you... bite at a time. Jesus, I can't speak then. Um, it's proof that the best things in life begin with a dream. And if you're lucky enough to meet Willy Wonka, anything is possible. Um, so obviously this is a Wonka origin story, you know, before his, his factory and all that good stuff played by uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um, one of my most anticipated films of the year. You know, I've been wonking for a while. So is Tyler. We've been on the wonk train. I've been um, wonk out. I'll be yeah, honest. I, I was wonk out for a long time. You were wonk out and now you're wonk in. So now I'm wonk in. Yeah. This is going to keep going for ages and that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> So, obviously, start off giving you know spoiler free force stuff like that. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Um, just give us your spoiler free force, and then we'll kind of move on from there. Yeah. Well, first, there's, there's a funny like thing that popped up on Twitter yesterday was that you know their studios are starting to not market musicals as musicals because audiences don't like musicals. Yeah. But Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory were musicals, like especially the first one. But even would even you, with Tim Burton, there was count. The first one is a musical. My, I, so, I would count the first yes. one. I, I kind the of second one I wouldn't call a musical, but there's plenty of musical numbers. The reason is it's like hard to because I think a musical is like where the songs move the narrative forward, whereas in like Willy Wonka, it's a bit weird half the time because they're like structural. I don't know what kind of counts as a musical. I guess it is. You know, like, I think cause, well because like the first one with like the the chocolate shop scene where the guy's trying to sell the chocolate. Yeah, like I feel like I, love that scene. I feel like that one's more musical, but still, like it's like you should have known there's gonna be musical numbers in this. And same thing. I mean, like, yeah, obviously, it's yeah. a fucking Willy Wonka film. Right. You've seen the other two. There's so many songs. In yeah, but Timothy Chalamet was so great in this, and uh, I know Seth, you touched on it, and everyone has touched on it that like. Uh, you can't compare him to like Gene Wilder and Johnny Depp. I think you can compare Johnny Depp and Gene Wilder because they're playing like the same version of Wonka, like the same part in their career. Whereas this is like an origin story. So he's not even like the same guy at this point. He's 20 yeah, years or so earlier. So this is like, just a completely different thing. It's him. It's figuring out how Willy Wonka went from being an orphan to opening his first chocolate shop and, and the struggles and how he gets there. And I mean, this movie is just such a, just such a treat such a delight the uh, visuals are so beautiful i wish there was a little more practical because there's some moments of the cgi looked a little wonky but still yeah. the, the the set design that was looked a little what <laughs> wonky yeah good one um but i wish there was a little more practical design but still overall it was such a such a treat to watch the cast was so great i know seth you're going to talk about that a lot more too because yeah. they're, they're all people you grew up loving so i'll, I'll oh, kind of save that for you but crazy. everyone in this from the minor supporting to timothy chalamet himself was great musical numbers awesome especially uh i, I forget like the scrub scrub song iconic the song he does with uh crap what's her name i'm forgetting her character's name noodle Kelly noodle thingy. yeah, noodle. The, yeah. This, the kind of duet that, 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 that was my favorite song mm-hmm. really that's yeah that's interesting dude that I, song almost I got actually, a tear out of me that, that really? song almost got a, it was so emotional you know they're trying to, trying I to figure out what rhymes like with that. noodle and then they, I like that one. people yeah, i don't that, didn't like that one that's i really like that one it was just I like two best friends or two random people becoming best friends it was just so so cute i think uh it took me a little bit to buy into the movie because obviously from the trailer like i i i was in from the second i saw the trailer but 
there were still some reservations I had, but I was still going to be publicly like I'm super in on this because I wanted to be, you know, Team Wonka because I had faith in you Paul King and Timothy Chalamet because I think it's crazy to not have faith in Timothy Chalamet and Paul King. Like, it's just so funny to me seeing so many people with their reviews being like, I thought this was going to suck, but I loved it. I'm like, it, like, when has like Timothy Chalamet ever showed up and like delivered a bad performance? And like anyone who's seen Paddington, like why would you expect Paul King to just all of a sudden just not make a magical kids movie? I haven't seen Paddington. I was still in. Oh, you yeah. should see Paddington. You got to see Paddington. Oh, after this, I got so many comments like, you should see Paddington. I'm like, yeah, I absolutely should. If I love yeah, this, you. then surely mm-hmm. Paddington 2, especially. Yeah. Paddington 2 has like crazy high reviews as well. Mm-hmm. Paddington so. 2 goes goes crazy. Yeah. But this this movie was was so fun. It took me a while to buy in, like I said, from the from the opening scene. I was like, okay, like this is this, we'll see where this goes. And then by the time the second act comes, I, I was super in. And then the third act I truly thought was like perfect for what this movie was trying to do. Everything about the third act I loved all the way up to the very end conclusion of the movie. Like just everything was just phenomenal. This movie was so fun. I love the musical numbers. I love Timothy Chalamet. Um, all the supporting cast, like I said. And and this is just like what I was hoping it to be. I was hoping it to be magical. Seth, I know you mentioned this in your letterbox review as well. Like it's so awesome that kids are going to be able to grow up with this movie. I don't know if you guys saw the behind the scenes of like a screening that Timothy Chalamet and the Wonka. Yeah, it was just him. I think held for like a bunch of kids. And like, that was just so fun to see like how into it the kids were and how Timothy Chalamet was just the perfect version of Wonka. Whereas like, a kid screening hosted by Johnny Depp might be like very different. So um, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, huge thumbs up the the hat. Like I'm just looking at the letterbox right now. I wanted to take a bite of it. The whole movie. It just looked like it was chocolate the whole time is his top hat. I was like, man, that, I, that just looks so delectable. Um, but it, just such a fun movie, man. And I can't wait to hear your, your guys thoughts. Okay, cool. What did you give it? You didn't say that. I gave it a 3.5. So not like the highest in the world on it. Cause like, it, it's not, I don't know. Like it's, it's not like a poor things for me, which is like a four, but I, it's still very good. Like, I think we're just in a world with the letterbox culture where George, I know you touched on this like a month or two ago with boy in the hair and where it's like, you drop a 3.5 or like, Oh, how major disappointment, I guess. I'm like, no, like very fun, very like movie that I had a great time with. So yeah, 3.5 is what I ended up giving it. Nice. George, spoiler three thoughts. Pretty, I mean, yeah, pretty much everything Tyler said. This movie was just just a warm hug and just a bundle of fucking joy. I just two hours of just smiling from ear to ear. Like Tyler said, I think the um, the musical numbers. I think they were just infectious. I just had such a good time with everything going on on screen at all parts. Everything from Timothy Chalamet um, to Hugh Grant, who played a, you know a smaller supporting role. I think everyone was just so lovable smaller role ah i didn't mean to do that but yeah i'm I'm good like that um yeah yeah like just for two hours everything that was going on on screen i just i was just entranced by i just had such a good time with everything it just was such just a a massive just stretch of entertainment i think timmy is just so lovable as this role i i i I had slight doubts i know which is stupid because of how much i love timmy and just how good he's been over the last like couple of years but this is like a very different role than what he's played it's definitely more like out there more charismatic so i was very curious to see how he would pull it off and i think as a predecessor to gene wilder's wonka i think this version just makes so much sense um and after having seen the movie I, i i think Timmy was just the best possible choice. I know a lot of people were 
we're fan casting Jeremy Allen White because he looks like Gene Wilder. It's the appearance, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's more so in the appearance. Like, I don't know if I could see Jeremy Allen White doing the things Timmy did in this movie. Um, he doesn't look innocent enough to play a young Willy Wonka, Jeremy Allen. Yeah, White. exactly. I can't Tim, picture him being a good old. singer either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't picture Timmy being a good singer either. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. But I know, obviously, he went to like a performing arts school. So mm-hmm. I guess that's just, I'm sure he had singing classes every <laughs> so often. Um, but yeah, two hours of just such a good fucking time. I think the production design was just so vibrant and colorful. And it was just just made for such a fun and, and inventive experience. Um, the costume design, everyone seemed to just commit to this movie, which I absolutely loved. I said in my TikTok review, everyone that was a part of the cast and that was a part of this production just seemed to have a genuinely good time being there. Like this movie didn't seem like a chore for anyone to make. It genuinely seemed like they wanted to like commit to this Wonka prequel. Um, and that's exactly what they pretty much did. Um, I, I'm hoping to rewatch it again this week. I know Victoria wants to go see it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with her hopefully. Um, but yeah, it was a four out of five for me. It's, it's just outside my top 10 of the year. Just one of those experiences where, like, yeah, like Tyler said, maybe this isn't on the level of poor things, but at the end of the day, it's just what a movie can make me feel, and this movie just had me smiling. This movie just had me giddy the entire time. I just had such a blast with everything going on on screen, Um, just seeing Willie just continue being, like, this hopeful chocolatier throughout all this shit that he's enduring throughout the movie. Um, was just so heartfelt. Like I said, my favorite song was the one with Willy Wonka and Noodle. I think their relationship was just such a strong part of this movie. I think everyone, that entire group of five characters that was in um, like the hotel, like that they were like forced to work, that entire group was just, I, I loved their back and forth. I loved their relationships with one another. I loved how they just supported each other and they just committed to to Willie's Chocolate Factory together. Um, Keegan Michael Key was hilarious. Um, I, I don't think this is going into like too much spoilers already, but I love that he just got so fat within like a week. So like I, I that that made he was me really funny. He was yeah, really funny. I thought that was fucking hysterical because like for the most part. This whole movie is very obviously unrealistic. And like, I think that was just like the most over the top, unrealistic thing they could have done, which is just hysterical. Like, in the span of two days, yeah. he gained like 300 pounds. Um, he goes at one point, Oh, my car shrunk. And the other guy's like, Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, no, four out of five for me. I, I, I loved it. I had such a good time with it. Just that really happy experience. Nice. Uh, yeah, same for me. I mean, I, I love this film. I think. It's no secret how much I love, you know, the original. Um, I actually watched it recently, bumped up to a five. I just adore the original. I think it's just a, a childhood favorite of mine, no doubt. I think this is just everything that we needed from a Wally Wonka origin story. You know, we're soaking in the, the, the charm, the, the weirdness, the peculiarity of it, whilst also understanding and seeing um, Timothy Chalamet portraying Wonka in a new light, where he's, you know, a more naive, uh, childish, and kind of open to, to the world and kind of knows no boundaries and just, you know, has a, has a kind of dream. And I think that's the perfect way, you know, we want it to be. Before, obviously, Gene Wilder, you know, Willy Wonka erupts into this kind of, like, sarcastic, witty man. It really is this more innocent approach, which is which, why I think the, the comparisons between the, the, the two are kind of just invalid at this point. And he, even in general, the comparisons between him and Johnny Depp a bit easier to make, but it's a completely different Wonka. You know, it's not as stay as I've got a lot of comments on my TikTok review saying, 
you know, that he wasn't as good. Well, the thing is, it's not the same take. It's completely different. You know, this is this is many years before. This is before he's had his success. This is just a kid, a naive kid, a hurt kid with kind of a dream um, to go forward by. It's like ridiculous. It's strange. I think everyone, you know, I said this in my review, everyone is using it to describe this film as the original, but it's whimsical. It's exactly what it is. It kind of is one of those films that maybe have a smile on my face from 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 start to finish. Loves the musical notes. Think they're think they're fantastic. Just a, a bundle of joy, as George said. Um, my favorite, obviously, being "Come with me and you'll see the world of your imagination." That makes me cry every time. It's crazy. Um, and I think that, that this film is like. Obviously, it's not going to have the same impact with YouTube. It's so English. So, <laughs> in terms of the cast, right? Just to give you like a you know a, a little bit of thing. So, okay. So, for example, you know the main three villains. You got Slugworth and you know, I can't remember the two guys. Whatever yeah, the other two. So Slugworth Hilarious. is one of one of the characters in my favorite show ever, Peep Show. What I told you about all the time. It's my favorite sitcom ever. My favorite show ever, by that means. He's one of the characters in that. <clears throat> the guy next to him, uh, the one with the long hair, is called Matthew Boynton. He's my one of my. He's like the main guy in my favorite ever kids show, you know, like how you ever like ever like Cartoon Network, CBC, whatever. Mm-hmm. My favorite kid show, he's the main guy in that. And the guy next to him, called Matt, Matt Lucas, who I really like as well, was one of my favorite characters in a English comedy coming up. That's just how much this had over me. Do you know what I mean? Every... And Matt Lucas was a Great British Baking Show host for like six was six he? years. That's what I know him from. Yeah, I he just stepped that. away last year. I, I love Matt Lucas. I think he's like a British icon. And there was so many, honestly, like every minute I'd see a character from Peep Show, a character from Horrible Histories, that's the show I'm talking about, or like English sitcoms or I'm not going to you know, name names. There was a couple, um, you know, for example, Sex Education, the, 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 um, I'm sure, you know, the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. One of the characters, I can't remember her name, in the, um, in the basement, in the working place of the, the hotel or whatever, uh, the woman, she's obviously one of the teachers of Sex Education. And I'm just seeing all these like familiar faces to me growing up, and it just makes you kind of so happy to see them all in this environment. Um, I just think it worked just wonderfully well. It was, it was fun. It was over the top, maybe too kind of flamboyant, and appearing to be too kind of earnest and sincere for some. Like I mentioned in my review, but I, which I kind of get because you know it's not going to be for everyone in terms of its, its take. But from what I know, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen Paddington. You know, they should have always been expected that the style would be like this in a way because it's very much in you know in tune with his. It usual felt work. very much like a Paul King. Yeah, movie. so like like it like, had very familiar beats. I don't know Obviously, very much like more it. like you said, flamboyant and very much more like mm-hmm. out there than the Paddington movies. But you could still tell it's got that Paul King charm to it. Yeah, I don't really know what people expect when it comes to him making a film. Um, Olivia Coleman. I love, I love seeing her play like a villainous character as well. Dude, I oh, shit you not, didn't realize it was her for like a half hour. What? I something with her teeth looked different in this movie. Like I don't know if she had like a veneer like in or something. She had to have been wearing or... like full prosthetic on her entire face. Like there was something small. about her that looked a little different to me. I, really? I agree with that. For like a half hour, I was like, this person fucking sounds so familiar, what? but just but doesn't look familiar. I was like, who the fuck is this and then my theater was empty so i pulled out my phone and i was like no fucking way is this olivia coleman jesus there had to have been some like very light like on her nose or on her cheek to make her look more of like that yeah like that you know oliver twist era type person i guess i don't know yeah i guess so um 
So yeah, we, yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman, obviously, I, I love. She's from Peepshow as well. Um, she was fantastic. Loved seeing her kind of play like this villainous, mischievous, and, and horrible kind of dictator like role. Tom Davis as well, who's obviously the the guy who's with her, who like captures the people. He's so. I thought he was so funny. I really, really love him. He's kind of an icon in British TV as well. Uh, Rowan Atkinson, who's obviously Mr. Bean, he was in it. He was obviously the breeze guy where he gets chased by the giraffe. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I love that. Um, <laughs> it is weird how they marketed this film though, because I had no idea going in that. You know, obviously they, they mark it by name. So Hugh Grant really just doesn't have that much of a role. It doesn't really come into like, you know, the first hour, uh, until after the first hour. He's back and forth. And I didn't realize that um Johnson, not Johnson, Patterson Joseph, that's the name of Peep Show, was the main villain because it wasn't marketed that way at all. I thought Rowan Atkins would have more of a part, but again, it's just like, you know, they're marketing it around the names, which I you know, I completely understand. Um yeah, Tim, I just, I just... Timmy and Willy Wonka are enough marketing they they yeah, it's yeah, it's it's kind of like. Yeah, I think but I, I get what you're well. saying. Like, there's a lot of other star power here that, like, it would have been probably it would have tapped into. Uh, I'm sure a different audience that may not have gone to see Willy Wonka in the first place. But it's, I don't Mar- think it, I don't know if it's that. It's just like I think I just went into it thinking that more characters would have more screen time and some actors would have less screen time. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Just because they have to put the faces on like Hugh Grant and stuff like that because he's you know, he's going to be more known. Um, but yeah, just just really loved it. I really liked um what was her name? Uh what was her name? Something Lane. Callie? Callie? Oh, Callie Lane. The, Callie Lane, yeah. The, really the liked her as well. Middle. I thought she was brilliant. Yeah, and I and like George said, um Keegan Michael K. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so funny. Really, really loved his character. Didn't realize he had such a big role as well. Really enjoyed that. This is one I think I'm gonna go and try and see next week because I really want Anna to watch it. I think this is she'll really like it. It's one of those if you like especially the original Willy Wonka I can't imagine you not liking this and, and me and Anna obviously love that film so very excited to, to watch it with her um but yeah I give it a a, a 4.5 I absolutely adored it so 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 much fun um and yeah is anywhere we want to take it from here Any, anything we want to go over yeah I have a couple a couple more things I think I could, I think it will honestly go up to like a four on rewatch at least for me because even talking about it now I think I, I already want to bump it up to a four but I texted you guys in the group chat yesterday I was like I wish this came like I, I wish and don't wish because you know at the same time I want to see movies obviously thrive at the box office but like since I've seen it in the movie theater I'm like you know like I'd love this to get come out on digital because this movie's so Christmas coded like it just it's not a Christmas is, film but you get the snow like, you get the warm fuzzy feelings like I would love to watch this again I always count like Willy Wonka as a Christmas film even though it's mm-hmm. not directly related it's just because of the winter feel the snow right. so it mm-hmm. has that feel I watch it every Christmas the original so, so I did... then this will be coming this will be a crazy double feature like this first the origin story then seeing the different take on him with Willy Wonka the second mm-hmm. that's like a perfect double feature so yeah I know what you mean definitely yeah because where I think like this shines is because Willy Wonka in this movie isn't quite the the cynical, you know, views. He he doesn't realize how corrupt the world is quite yet at this point. He's a lot more innocent, like you mentioned. Yeah. But I think the the thing that Paul King does well to balance that is in the other Wonka films. Obviously, most of the film just takes place in his chocolate shop. So the cynicism and the the negativity of the world comes from his character, the Wonka character. Whereas in this film, you get a lot more of the outside world, which that's where the cynicism comes in. That's where the greed. That's where this movie still has a lot of that where you see the world is not quite this beautiful place, but instead of Wonka's character showing us that we see the greedy chocolate cartel that are trying to shut him down. We see yeah. the corrupt police. We see the corrupt priest in the religion. So I think it was just very well balanced to be able to like Willy Wonka at this point is very happy, go lucky, very innocent, very wanting to succeed on his own two feet. But at the same time, the entire world on the outside has given us that, you know, that level of cynicism we're used to in all the Wonka films. So I think it was just balanced really well. 
And Absolutely. I mean, like there's, there's moments where you're gen- genuinely tearjerkers, like Wonka's story. Like he's so happy in this, but it's genuinely tragic. Like what he's like trying to do the whole time, what his like main goal, like the whole reason he wants to open a chocolate shop is like, and when he finally kind of realizes that once he opens it up and that it's not everything he thought it was going to be for obvious reasons. Like you're like, damn, this is like really devastatingly emotional. The fact that like, this is his whole mission because of this one thing he set out to do. And when it happens, I mean, you knew the, we all knew the entire movie. We're like, we know nothing's going to change when he opens a chocolate shop. Like what he's hoping that that will happen is impossible. He got that show quick as well. Crazy. Did you see that design? Yeah. Dude, like, the turnaround time. Nowhere, like crazy. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I thought that they were going to pull like a very classic, like heartfelt ending and like actually have Willy Wonka's mom like appear mm-hmm. like. Full, like I know she like appears, Appeared, but yeah. like I really thought they were gonna like genuinely make her like come back. Like oh, somehow she heard of this Wonka shop, and she's there. But obviously, I think it's implied that she is no longer yeah, yeah, with yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really happy that they went the route of just like, and I kind of wish they did this with Noodle, where like Wonka kind of found his new family. He found his Oompa Loompa. He found his Noodle. He found his entire gang of of bandits. I guess whatever you want to call them um to open this wonka shop with and it's i think crazy like, calling them bandits I, I don't know what to call them whatever like, just, you know <laughs> i don't know what to call them either to be fair what even are they this thing like, the the fellowship i mean they're like they're like <laughs> yeah yeah the the the, the fellowship slaves or something the indentured yeah. servants yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, something that's not disrespectful to i workers in laundry shops i guess i don't know <laughs> Um, but no, I'm happy that they went the route with like Wonka yeah. kind of found a new family and like his mother's legacy is still there in his chocolate. But I'm glad they didn't go the route of like a typical like maybe like Disney esque ending yeah. where like she appears. Yeah, I, I, that was always a case where I don't. It would have been really weird to do that. I think it was nice having the little shot of obviously her appearing, him like. You know, not achieving his goal, but yeah, like reconnecting in a way through his love for kind of his dream. Excuse me. And again, like Tyler said, it's just having that naive approach and that childlike approach of just being wanting to, you know, reconnect with his mom. I think it's a really, really nice film. And it's definitely really heartful as well. And it it comes across. And I think, well, from what I've gathered, I think that's what Paul King excels in is having Mm -hmm. these really emotionally um, climactic endings that really work with the rest of the film and kind of you know, make everything come together. I think that's kind of what I've gathered from, you know, the, from the Paul King crowd because that man has a cult following. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you know what's weird? Do you know Paul King, right? I hear more of Paul King, of, of Paddington's name in terms of the films from Americans. I'm not sure why. Like, I hear it all the time on TikTok. It's like a beloved movie already. I, I didn't realize. Like, I thought it was like a meme at first when I first heard how people were, like, we say how good it was. So I haven't even seen the first one. Um, one thing I did want to ask you both because I was good at, well, obviously George kind of mentioned his number one. I was gonna actually I got it written down anyway. Um, if you had to say your top three songs from Wonka, what would they be? Oh, oh man. God, I have to look. The, Do you want me to give mine first? Yeah. I, I, yes. I don't, the thing is, I don't know the names. Hold on, let me pull up the. I've got I've got the names. I'll give mine first. Yeah, so, you go for it, Seth. My number three is "You've Never Had Chocolate Like This." That one's mine. I got twelve mm-hmm. songs. Yeah, that's mine. My number two is "Sweet Tooth," um, where it's like the three of them surrounding Keegan Michael Kay. Um, <laughs> in the like in the downstairs of the church, yeah. I fucking love that one when they like just continue to try to bribe him and they end up getting like 7,000 boxes of chocolates. <laughs> I love that one, and obviously, my, my number one is uh, pure imagination because I just that is a hard one. Like, imagine trying to 
be as good as Gene Wilder doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. a hard one to accomplish. And I thought it was really, it was timed really well. I was going to say the timing of it was so perfect. Timing was so perfect. That's exactly what I mean with Paul King. That's why I want to watch Paddington movies. The mm -hmm. timing of that when he's with um, Hugh Grant's character is just, just perfection. So that's definitely my top three. All right. I think you have I yours, got, George? I, I think I have mine. Let's hear it. All right. I, I think at number, not number three, Oh, fuck me. I got my top two. My number three, now that I'm just looking through the track list, there are so many, like, good ones. Yeah, I'm I... missing Scrub Scrub, and I like that one a lot. Yeah. Okay, I, I think my number three is You've Never Had Chocolate Like This. Yeah, bang. Um, I think that was just such a fun little number to, like, really introduce Wonka and, and introduce, like, just this movie. Um, number two, I just think for its level of iconic, I think I have to put Pure Imagination. Yeah. And then, yeah, my number one is For a Moment, the the Noodle Wonka song. Yeah, I think for me it would be pure imagination just purely because of the the timing is probably my favorite. But in terms of just pure songs, For a Moment's got to be up there. So if I'm going to do top three, I don't know, in order, but pure imagination, For a Moment. Yeah, you never had chocolate like this. is just such a banger, isn't it? It's a banger. Yeah. Is there, a a couple, there are a couple bangers. Yeah. Is it, I was surprised Those were top three, but... Scrub Scrub, like you... shout out Scrub Scrub. Yeah, Scrub Scrub bangs. What did what did you guys think of? So I had a conversation with a few people recently about this. What did you think of the first song? Because that seems to be the most like polarizing in terms of what people thought. The one it's a hat full of dreams where he's kind of walking through and he's just he's just entered the, the town. He's like walking through and doing stuff. Because yeah. I, I actually liked it. I liked yeah. it. Honestly. I thought it was good, but a I lot can... of people said that's kind of where they you know weren't as high on it. Or whatever. I can see why it'd be polarizing because it's like the first one and like. Already from the trailer, some people were uneasy yeah, going into yeah, this. Yeah. And then immediately yeah. you get Paul King's whimsical cinematography and the visual effects. And you're like, okay, like, and you're joining this world. And then the song hits. So I feel like it's just at this point, people are very not settled in yet to the movie. Yeah. I can see why it'd be a little polarizing. But if you listen to it, like on a soundtrack on shuffle, then maybe you could be like, people might like it a lot more. I think that the timing might've been what threw that one off. But I, I, there's, like I said in my review, like there's, the songs range from like average to really good, and then there's a couple great. But I would say there's not a single song where I was like, skip, like you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. It's like there's not. It usually when I watch a musical, there's like a few songs where I'm like, ah, oh, I wasn't really feeling this one. Right. But I at least, thought at least every one of them was like okay. And I think that kind of comes back to what George's point earlier that every cast member was really on it. You know, as much as Hugh Grant apparently hated it, which I'm not surprised by. Yeah, everyone kept commenting on my TikTok that. What, is that like Wait, news? No, no, he said, so he said he just hated filming it because he had to wear the, um, what's it called? Oh, the motion yeah. yeah. But he also said he hate, hated filming Love Actually in the dance scenes. Isn't it just like British humor for him to just like hate everything he's been in? But he No, well, actually... it is kind of so, he grants an interesting characters because I think it doesn't translate to, to, to across the pond that well sometimes because mm -hmm. people get really annoyed by and say like he's so rude and stuff right. like that. He's actually not. It's just the British sarcasm that kind of comes mm -hmm. out of him. Like he's very English. But you guys are mad rude. <laughs> yeah, mad rude. I do think <laughs> though that it's not surprising that he hated filming this. I bet that is a bit weird, just having that on for like ages and just being so uncomfortable in this thing. Yeah, I but feel like, part of it might be a sarcasm, though, just simply because maybe, like when you yeah, sign maybe. on to this movie, you got to know that's what did you're you see. For. Did you guys see that they did a press junket and Timothy Chalamet was saying like introduced himself as as Wonka and then in French. And then Hugh Grant did it as an umpalumper in French. Did you see that? No. It's the funniest <laughs> thing because Willy Wonka's like, and he's like really, you know, enthusiastic. 
And then Hugo's like Oompa Loompa, and he's just like the most. <laughs> I just said so many tweets that I've never seen anyone want to do anything less than Hugo speaking in French, and this it's so fucking funny. It's I like when you literally sign on to be an Oompa Loompa, though. Like you got to be yeah. expecting this. Yeah, I, I actually I thought the, the Oompa Loompa design was really funny. I actually I actually really really liked it. Um, Way smaller than I had expected. <laughs> well, he is small though, isn't he? He's that's like what, yeah, that's small. so funny. Uh, yeah, the whole but... movie he's like, I'm actually tall for an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, actually, he's like, I'm short. And they make fun like, of me all the time. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. kind of all What did they me. say? Yeah, they said they called him something shorty or something. <laughs> Short. I can't remember. Because, you know, there's that scene where obviously it flashes back to the island and he's with them. He's yeah. Out. They're like a lot bigger than him. Like, he's a small Oompa Loompa. And if you're small for an Oompa Loompa, you're fucking small. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. You know what I mean, you're crazy. Yeah, he was literally small. fitting inside of chocolate jars. Yeah. I was shocked by the the because before I even saw Wonka, there's so many like critic reviews that I saw. I get a lot of traction that they're like, this movie would have been so good if it wasn't for like the disgusting, revolting fat jokes in it. And as like as a boy, as a member of the fat society, I was expecting a lot worse. And I feel like I, we're in a society where people get upset, like when it's not even something like making fun of them. So like I feel like if you're gonna say the fat jokes upset you, completely fine. But post a pick of the scale. Like I have to know you got to be a true like you can't you can't be like 150. And say the fat jokes are offensive. Like you're giving numbers to this. Yeah, you got show show me the skill. You can't be 150 pounds <laughs> and say the fat jokes offended you. I don't get this, man, because it's like, don't get me wrong. If you're offended, whatever, that's, that's 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 fine. But I see zero malice in the joke, like whatsoever. Like I see, mm-hmm. there, it wasn't. It was just the fact that he was eating chocolate. Like right, no one like made fun of funny. him. It was just if himself. you eat if you eat that much chocolate, you're gonna gain weight, and that's the whole point that he's just addicted to the chocolate because mm-hmm. he loved it so much. So he ate like eight hundred boxes in a day. Like, yeah. Yeah. What is this happening? If you eat hundred boxes in a day, like, you, you're probably gonna end up like that. So it's just like I don't I don't see any distaste in the joke at all because usually, you know, when people say that you know, okay, Tyler, next goal wins, perfect example. Mm-hmm. I fully understand that like especially from a trans perspective if you are trans oh i, I think that was like really really poor taste mm-hmm. um but this one i'm like i don't i don't get it like, there's no malice it's just there's, there's not using a piece out of our people who are overweight it's just it plays into the he's eating a lot of it chocolate just plays into this is how good the chocolate yeah is. like it's, it's like, not like there was just random like I'm not being funny. Is, okay. yeah. It's literally science. I'm not being funny. Like, don't get me wrong. It probably won't be that quick. But if you eat that many boxes, this guy was finishing him off like crazy. Mm-hmm. He was eating like hundreds. You're probably going to get quite overweight. Do you know what I mean? And thematically, it like works. They didn't just throw it in. Like, clearly it's trying to show like the more money that the politicians are throwing at him. He was just getting exactly. completely overstuffed with corruption. Like, it's not it's, like they're just like, look, fat guy. Like, it, it worked f- symbolically for the film, too. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I didn't get that at all. Um, I didn't get that at all. Seth, that was jokes. It's literally science. <laughs> it literally is science. Like, it's literally body dynamics. If you eat love with chocolate, odds are... Real Talk Podcast. Come for the movie opinions. Stay for the scientific facts. Stay to get wonked as well. You've heard it here first. Seth says if you eat 800 boxes of chocolate in a 24-hour period, you will indeed gain weight. You will indeed look like he might play in that film. Confirmed. Maybe not as quickly, though, because that is crazy. His turnaround, he must have been eating, like, mad. Dude, that guy like, not feel sick? The, the car shrank, and the then Slugworth goes, yeah, dude, that's it. The last thing I'll say is, like, Keegan-Michael Key is a character that you could so easily use wrong. Like, you could use too much of him. I think there's a lot of comedic characters working in Hollywood nowadays where yeah. it's like, they're funny for right. what they are, but if you overuse them, it can be really abrasive. They used the perfect amount of Keegan Michael Key. No, was I, I, I really, I wasn't expecting to like him. I didn't expect him to have a bigger part. To be fair, mm-hmm. but I, I really, really enjoyed his character. I thought it was 
hilarious. I mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed him. I don't actually know. I've not seen him in in, in, in too much. Honestly. I know he does. He's done a lot of voice work. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a ton um, of voice work. But yeah, I've he, really not seen him in that much. Was he in Get Out? <clears throat> I don't believe so. He's he's mostly in like C tier comedies and voice work. But he is in Get Out. Really? Yeah, That's he is in Get Out. Got to be very minor supporting roles. Yeah. I don't remember him at all. I don't remember he, him at all. Is he, but I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he was in the background or something, but maybe not. Well, the, yeah, because he's done things. He's done productions with Jordan Peele, obviously with Wendell and Wilde. So that might have been why. He oh, yeah. Yeah, person. I think he's just a big voice actor guy. I mean, he has a very yeah. iconic voice. But yeah, I really, really liked him. I thought he worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to go over in terms of anything else? Or? No. Perfect. So I give it a... 4.5, uh, Tiger 3.5, and George gave it a 4, George. Mm-hmm. And Cam so, gave it a 4.5. Yeah. Based. Love Cam. I wish Cam was <laughs> as well. It's just um, so funny to me that he literally, like, he saw everything for this episode. I know, yeah, the first he time he had the time to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the first like, time in a long time, because he had a work trip where he was, like, away for a whole week, where he was like, I'm going to be fully prepped for this episode. And, of course, his water heater goes out, and he has to be dealing yeah. with that right now. Uh, we'll move on to obviously. I know, I know you guys have reviewed it, or at least George and Cam did. Was it last week? Godzilla? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, um, well, me and Tyler finally. Sorry, obviously, it dropped just dropped in the UK here. Tyler got a chance to watch it as well. Um, quickly run through that. We won't run through like you know the right. synopsis or anything. Yeah. We've already done that. But Tyler, if you want to give your just thoughts in general. Yeah, I'll keep it quick since we touched on it, and I'm I'm more interested to hear like Seth talk about it. But it's just a phenomenal piece of filmmaking, and in, in every sense of the word, like it's the thing is like I said this in my review, like if it's just for the action pieces alone and the combat pieces purely based off that and all the action sequences, it would be like one of the better, it would still be like a 3.5 movie just from that alone, a great action film. But then when you add in all the, the grounded and emotional character moments, you start off with the devastation of Japan where they're completely leveled to nothing. Their spirit isn't broken, but it's close to it. And then this Godzilla beast just comes out of nowhere. You don't know why, don't know where, and just starts wreaking havoc on the city and the country. And this country that's already been pummeled nonstop and is depleted for resources, trying to rebuild, now has to face an even bigger threat. And you get to see these people. Like, I think the the relationship between Koichi, Noriko, and Akiko is like the perfect symbol, like symbol for this entire movie where it's, you know, the baby's not any of theirs. They're not, they didn't know each other previously. Like, it's just these people that got put together by circumstances and just had to persevere and survive. And I just think the, the that's what made it a 4.5 for me is that like the action's great and it's awesome. And the, those scenes are incredible and they're so fun to watch, but it's really the moments between those with the grounded character moments, the entire supporting cast from all like the quirky, you know, shipmen that are the minesweepers to all, all the people that are at the town hall trying to plan how to take down Godzilla. Like everyone in this film, like it's just such a perfect addition to the cast and and it just alone as an action film is incredible but the emotion and the character work is just what really puts it over the top it's actually it's my number four of the year so like which very high like i love this oh yeah where where does sorry where does wonka stuck up for you george did you mention it uh it's just outside hold on it is my number 13 right now just behind are you there god it's me margaret Tyler, I won't ask you because I think it's, it's hard with, with you because like people will take it out of context. You know, if you say it's like right. 48, if you say it's like 78th, it's like, well, yeah, but you've seen yeah, eight. It's that 78 right? of a thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I think right now it's actually um, 
What are you actually at? Sorry to interrupt the. What are you at like right now? Two two twenty. I'm gonna guess top. No way. Two seventeen. And Wonka's. Wonka's oh my God, that was a great guess. That's Wonka's thirty eight. It's right under Creed three. Oh, Wonka's thirty. Yeah, that's actually pretty high. To be fair. No mm-hmm. way are you at two seventeen. Uh, my goal is two fifty on the year, and I'm gonna freaking that goal. I think I'm at like eighty four. Yeah. I've, been pick, I've been picking it back up. I've been. I'm at, I'm at eighty seven. Next year, my goal yeah, will be to only see fifty new releases. <laughs> Just focus only on old stuff. <laughs> only the main ones. Um, but yeah, yeah like, I'm done with my thoughts. Seth. Let's hear your Godzilla minus one thoughts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, one because actually four for me, by the way, or fifth, one or two. I think it's four. Hell yeah. Is it? And this is above it, right? This is three. Spoiler. You fucking spoiler bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so Godzilla minus one. I mean, what what can I say that hasn't you know? What can I add to the conversation? It's a uh, sprawling blockbuster um incredibly emotional um pivots obviously an antithesis like it's, it's really interesting as well because it kind of goes back to godzilla's roots of the original of being you know not the hollywood one of being this um you know seeing the spirit the, the spirit of people in, in in the event of a calamity obviously going off to uh, nagasaki russian bombings in, at the end of the second world war it, it very much relates to that it's the fear of nuclear warfare and obviously godzilla is, is a primary metaphor for that but it also is the first godzilla film I've, I've seen in a while where godzilla actually has this like intimidating presence and this persona this like aura he's just he's he's he's, he's a monstrosity it really goes back to that leviathan ways of just being this kind of freak of nature like for example the atonic the um the breath scene the atomic breath scene you know in the city right like Dude. blew me away I, I went i was like what shook my ass yeah and I, I was so wonked in that very moment it was crazy <laughs> uh and the city like every, everything about the film is just oh so many homages as well to like jaws and um a few of the like hollywood classics as well and and I think that the, the way this works is it kind of integrates the people in such a in such a in such a, um, an emotional way. Like it it showcases the importance of having the human spirit in these disaster film moments. And I, also, I still don't understand how this was made with only fifteen million dollars. I mean, the, like that's obscene. You know, the, the work and the mm-hmm. VFX and the design of, of Godzilla as a creature, and especially when they're using water CGI in a lot of sequences as well. Really, really impressive. Um, and I think you know. Not only like Tyler said, from a from an action standpoint, some of the scenes are amazing. Obviously, when 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 they first encounter Godzilla right at the start of the film, really intimidating. You kind of get the first glimpse, and then obviously with the the the, the water scene on the boat, it's very reminiscent of Jaws, which obviously I really really enjoyed. And he just has this aura and this presence that we haven't kind of seen in a while. Um, it's just a really you know successful blockbuster that that does what Godzilla needs to do by bringing it back to his very roots. You know, it's not. It's it's weird because it's very you know on the nose commentary, but in a way that it should be, in a way that Godzilla always has been, in a way that's important politically and socially to to um, East Asian culture, especially Japanese culture. Um, that scene was fantastic. I I, I definitely cried uh, near the end. The city sequence had me completely in awe. Uh, one of the best, uh, one of the, seriously the best scenes I've probably seen this year, maybe. Um, you know what? Along like alongside like Oppenheimer, um, Trinity Test, for example, and maybe a couple others. That's one of my favorite scenes this year. In terms of when he first enters the city, just classic Godzilla man. It's the exact thing you need to see. It, it just truly, truly amazing. Um, I get a four point five. I loved it. Same as Tyler. I think yeah, it's my number three right now. So obviously just behind um, Oppenheimer and Kills the Far Moon, mm-hmm. and then just ahead of Wonka and um... wait. Oh no. Oh well, Wonka, yeah, Wonka across Spider Verse and then Asteroid City as well. That's my top six somewhere. I need to we need to work out where I'm exactly. I'm mm-hmm. But it's definitely that's in my top three. That's definitely third place right now. Anyway, uh, absolutely loved it. 
a genius blockbuster. Um, it's a shame that Hollywood just piles up shit with like 20 times the budget almost sometimes. And then we're getting that with, with, with um, such a, such a lower amount. Really, really great. I, I was worried it wouldn't live up to the expectations people had built on it. And, and the expectation I set it for myself absolutely did tenfold. I thought mm-hmm. it was even better than that. Uh, but yeah, 4.5 from both me and Tyler. Um, and obviously George and Tyler. George, what did you give it? 4.5 as well? Did we all oh, give it 4.5? Uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. I think I, I think I might watch that again. I, I wish I'd have seen that in IMAX as well. Like, I wish I'd have seen it. You know, there wasn't any churns near me and I. So I think you've seen it in IMAX would have been just crazy or like this, this movie is a part of the real close collection <laughs> where all of us give it a four and a half mm-hmm. yeah i, I think actually, this could go to five for me in future watch it again honestly yeah I i'm really... excited to rewatch it i think there's a lot of like homages almost like harakiri as well which is like a destruction yeah. of what samurai yeah, yeah. culture is where it's like everyone thinks that's such an honorable thing and then that movie kind of destroys that and this is kind of the same exact thing with kamikaze culture and how Jap- 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 japanese life was so treated as just like meaningless in terms of like their own military just like throwing people away they're like yeah sacrificing them like nothing and then this really humanized them a lot more so i thought definitely homage to like harakiri in that that aspect yeah 100 um yeah absolutely loved it we'll move on to some trailers now obviously we got a fair few trailers this week so we'll we'll, we'll go through them uh concrete Panda four being the first one fan the fantastic the furious five are in it by the way which is cool i was a bit worried about that because that's the only that's- thing like I like, I, I think the first two, actually, I think the first two Gunfire Bandits are great. I both are four star. I think the third one's like, okay, fine. Uh, but I think the Furious 5 for me are the most kind of enjoyable part of it, so along with Poe, of course. I know that we obviously watched the trailer, I'll go over in a second, but you know, the, the directors confirmed that all the old villains will be returning at some point and all the characters they know. They're going to cram a lot on this, which is kind of, I guess that that away. was my concern. Every yeah, Everyone seemed to be like, like really excited about this trailer. And I'm, I'm excited about this movie. I like the, I like the Kung Fu Panda trilogy as a whole. Yeah. I, I don't think it's anything like incredible the way like I like the way I hold like how to train your dragon to this pedestal. But it just looks like they're trying to do so much in this movie. And I'm like nervous. All they need to do is bring back like Tai Lung. And that was kind of it. Like, but th- they made it so obvious that Tai Lung is going to like have this like buddy friendship, I think, with Poe. Yeah, no, no, they definitely did. Because I mean, it's kind of expected anyway. Which I don't. Like, yeah, I, I don't mind. But like. I don't know. I I think the the trailer looked. You know, I, I like the animation style. I like the design. I, I do like the character designs in this. Like, a, um, Aquafina, who obviously I'm not huge on, dude. I'm but I will say her mad. her character design, the comedian, does look kind of cool. I yeah. Do like I. It's weird with her, man, because like. I don't get the hate for her. Like, I don't. I don't I'm love not, her. I'm not, I'm not counting her out. Like, she's still yeah. had good. Don't get me wrong. She's so annoying in Little Mermaid and Renfield. That's two roles. I don't like. I don't. I think I she's think, a, I think she's phenomenal in the farewell. She's incredible, okay. I think, in Raya and the Last Dragon. Like, I, I think, think she has her moments. Her. Yeah, the hate for her is very. She just to the it's level. just why is she showing up everywhere? It is weird how she is getting so many. Yeah, roles. that's. That, I think yeah. I truly think that's the hate for her. Just why is she in everything? She's yeah. had what like five or six voice roles in the last like two years. She's done a lot of them, but I mean, she might be okay. I'm not, you know, the biggest fan of her in general, but she might be all right. But my biggest worry, like you said, is just the cramming everything in. Yeah, I think that that might become an issue, especially when they get all the old villains in as well, because you kind of want to separate them. Like having Tai Long is cool, because I do think he's the best one, but I think that. If they put all of them in, it's going to be like a proper just clusterfuck of of, of info, yeah. especially like an animated film like that. I think you'll come across as very messy, so I'm a little worried about that side of things. Well, you know, I'll still watch it. You know, it's a comfort band movie, so I'm sure I'll probably get some enjoyment out of it. Probably be quite funny. And I love, I, lo- I just love Jack Black as well. I mean, Jack Black's you know, the guy. Who doesn't? So. 
Yeah, true. You know, he actually walked out with a UFC fight last night. I saw that. I saw a video yeah. on Twitter, and I was like, so "Is that funny. Jack fucking Black?" It was so funny. Yeah, because he walked out to the Nation's D like song, and he got him out. Yeah, amazing. Um, but yeah, Tyler, did you watch it? Did you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I watched it. I don't. I don't have any like Kung Fu Panda thoughts though. Just not a huge Kung Fu Panda guy. Like I like the movies, but not like super excited. Do you know? Like, is there a TV show? Right? Like, is, do we have to know that background for this at all, or no? I don't it's think a TV so. show. Oh, yeah, there is. I'm yeah, pretty sure there's like a multiple season Nickelodeon. Yeah, no, there TV is. Show. I don't know if I, I don't actually know what that is. I've never actually watched it. <laughs> yeah, there is. I only found out about that like fairly recently. I didn't even realize it was a TV show. Yeah, I'm sure it's just um, it's completely separate. They're just like kids love the Kung Fu Panda world. Let's just like make TV shows about it. But probably yeah. yeah. Um. Obviously, we'll move on. Dune two. Oh. Yeah. It's um. Man, uh, some of the so. Brendan something freight brendan fraser fraser no who give us context is is this a famous person or is this like a patron greg fraser there we go oh cinematographer for doom yeah man it's the way that denis yeah the way denis collaborates with these cinematographers is just unbelievable some of the oh the arena scene in this trailer is absurd and I really think this is going to be and some of the blocking in these shots. Oh, it's so it looks just amazing. Um, I think they got when was the confirmed runtime? Was that recently? Or was that a while ago? It's like two forty six, I believe. Two, yeah, two hours forty six. Yeah. Um, the I mean the trailer just dude. Is this I've, the second I, or third trailer we've had now. I feel like we've had. Like, I think it's the second. Maybe we had like a teaser se- and yeah, then we had we a had first a trailer teaser. and then we had a second trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks just. I've, I've had this trailer on i've had this trailer and the furiosa trailer on repeat for the mm-hmm. last two since they released dude it's this is gonna be the movie just the movie of this century of this decade that just goes down in the history books have you read it, dune george uh like half of it it's big isn't it it's a large it's dense, book. like in terms of yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. There's a lot. To, I, I'm kind of want to read it, but I'm scared of it. You know, what I mean, it, it kind of worries me. I've yeah. I've given up on reading it because I want to go in blind to the second. Yeah, movie. that's kind of true. I well, apparently the first one kind of kind of strays anyway, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know, maybe not little... too badly. No. Okay, fair. But yeah, it looks just fantastic. Obviously, this is all of our. I think one of our most anticipated films for for mm-hmm. next year. Obviously, releases March the first. Now, obviously, got pushed forward like two weeks. I think or three mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, because originally meant to be like nineteenth. So it's really creeping up on us now. Mm-hmm. Um, very much so. Very very excited. I agree with George. I think this this has the potential, especially we're backing off the first one with a lot more to go into the second one. Apparently, according to what I know uh, from being speaking to people, it has the potential to be one of the biggest you know science fiction achievements. Maybe ever. Like I'm just, ever. you know, who knows, man. This is it looks fucking insane. insane. That'd be so good. Yeah, nothing much more to add there. Uh, we also got a trailer for Alex Garland's Civil War. So it, all in the near future, a group of war journalists attempt to survive while reporting the truth as the United States stands on the brink of civil war. Uh uh great great cast. Um, you know, you got Kelly Spaney, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Clemens, they come like a duo now, don't they? It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. always together. Nick Offerman, Jefferson White, um, Carl thingy, I can't remember his name. Um Alex Garland, man. How can you go from ex machina and annihilation to fucking tone deaf shit like men? Crazy. I think this looks okay. I'm not I'm not sold on this, I'll be honest. I'm not sold on it. I think it looks okay. Yeah, I wasn't sold on the trailer either. I was I was honestly kind of watching, I was like, 
who is like guiding Alex Garland's hand right now? Because this just does, this is feels like such a, and I know filmmakers obviously stray away from their norm often, very, very often, but like considering he started with Ex Machina and Annihilation 2, very low budget science fiction films that just uh, for me personally last had such a lasting impression men i didn't really care for but it still had that like it still had that alex garland feel to it this just feels like a complete left turn and it's just i'm wondering who's like guiding his hand right now yeah i mean it's interesting because i think it's it's a project i can kind of see him taking but it is definitely different you know than his other works i don't know how high budget this is i think the highest 24 is highest right by like 40 million it's 65 million million is the budget and previously bo was afraid was their highest budget at like 35 million what the fuck was everything ever at once that was 20 million that's crazy by the way jesus i I don't know just from the trailer alone this movie looks so safe like i don't get where that budget came into play unless like it's literally like an alien invasion ends up being what because we all like are like what could possibly make texas and california band together Maybe yeah. there's an alien invasion. There could be. A, it's Alex Garland. He just made men. I feel like they're not going to make it safe because this trailer looks like a purge five. Like this movie looks yeah. like a, a a movie that's going to be very in your face politics. The action and story will be like a five out of ten. You'll watch and be like, didn't hate my time with that. Never need to see it again. Have that's you, the trailer. Did you, watch, like. did you watch Men, Tyler? Yes. What did you think of Men? Didn't love it. I, I loved loved the first hour, but then did you did you like? Annihilation and Ex Machina as well. I haven't seen either, but I love oh, Alex Garland as a writer. Like Twenty Eight Days Later and Sunshine, oh, I th- incredible. I think you'd be all over uh, Ex Machina, especially. I think you'd like love that. Okay, like, good to know. Well, he's so he's life. so brilliant at sci-fi. That's why I just feel like there has to be a crazy left turn in this movie of some supernatural. Like, probably. What's dr- yeah, why would A twenty four? I mean, I get it. Like the U.S. elections next year, this movie's coming out next year. I think maybe they're like, oh, we'll throw a bunch of money at this, and we're going to capitalize on the election, make a ton of money back. But I'd like to think A24 threw a lot of money at this because there's going to be some crazy science fiction twist in this that none of us are expecting. You'd expect so. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we also got a trailer for If, which is uh, the new John Krasinski film. From the imagination of, or whatever the it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, a story of a girl discovers that she can see everyone's imaginary friends and what she does with that superpower as she embarks on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs. With their friends, uh, starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Phoebe Waller Bridge, Steve Carell, Fiona Shaw. It's got a pretty good cast, actually, for my Uh Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really like the trailer, to be honest. I didn't care for it either, but it's crazy how like Ryan Reynolds has to be like the most hated guy on film Twitter in terms of like actors. Like <laughs> anything he's in, people are just going to assume yeah. it's going to be the shittiest thing ever. He has people a shtick really for sure, him, but like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, people really, really hate. Seems Ryan like an Reynolds. earnest guy. Like I have nothing against him as a person. Like sure, like I think, I think it's just his comedy style for most people. It's just like a bit. I don't love his comedy style to be fair, but I don't hate him. I think he's fine. You know, it's what it is. Yeah, I'd like, like to see him take. I'd like to see him do more some more interesting stuff. Yeah, it's like Mississippi like Grind, an A twenty four film. I think yeah. incredibly underrated. He used to, he's, he's he used to do some some really. Yeah, I need to watch that. He used to do some really interesting stuff, but I, I don't know. I just don't. I'm not exactly excited for this. Any mm-hmm. thoughts or anything? Completely Ryan Reynolds aside, just like the trailer in general. Like I, I've seen it like four times now, just before movies and theaters. It's like before everything right now. I'm just like, yeah. eh, this looks very whatever. whatever. looks like Grimace, yeah. whatever, like the, par- the purple thing or whatever. It looks like the Grimace shake. 
Right in the crib. Jeez, man, that was like running the internet for so long. I know. Maybe that, like, who knows? That might have been the when he wrote this. He's like, we're going to capitalize on this grimace meme. And then the animation studio is like, this isn't going to be done for another year and a half. He's like, well, shoot. Well, <laughs> missed well, that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, another trailer we got was for Miller's Girl, a talented young writer embarks on a creative odyssey when her teacher assigns a project that entangles them both in an increasingly complex web. Story General Ortega and Martin Freeman. Uh, Martin Freeman is not a nice human. Let's just get that out of the way at all. Um, Has he been cancelled? Did I miss something with Martin Freeman? Yeah, what happened oh. with Martin Freeman? Uh, please just look into him. Can't keep track of all these cancellations. Yeah, I, there's I, too I, much. So I, I actually, I knew he was like a problematic guy, but I saw some tweets by him recently. I looked at some of the interviews. So it's crazy. So uh, if you, like he's, just, he's just a mean dude, or like he has like genuine no, racist dude. Oh. Like Damn. he's he's very very politically inclined. He's very do some yeah. If you listen to this, do some research on him. Um, so him being in the Black Panther movie. movies was his version of Get Out being like you know my I would have voted for Obama three times. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I mean maybe maybe movies not bad. I've seen so many quotes. I'm like Jesus Christ. Um, the, the script of this movie is leaked online. I avoided it though, but apparently it? it's crazy. Like because that went around Twitter and everyone's like. The script leaked. I think it's probably gotten taken down at this point. But everyone's yeah, like, yeah. like, because I, I posted a reaction to the trailer saying, like, is Jenna Ortega, like, we'll be there opening night. But everyone's like, have you seen the script? It's crazy. I'm like, well, first off, interesting. Second off, no, I don't want to see the script. I don't want to go in blind. But um, yeah, looks, looks, and I mean, it's just like one of those movies that I saw the trailer. I was like, looks like a whatever. Like, it looked interesting. But like, the cast alone made me more excited, maybe less excited. Now I know that Martin Freeman's canceled. But Jenna Ortega generally picks interesting projects. So I'm, yeah yeah isn't it weird how like she's so just not in the limelight anymore compared to what, what it was i saw i saw a tweet like literally it's two days ago actually yeah, yeah yeah it said it's, ever since it's, ever it's true like ever since this is. picture dropped jen ortega has been out of the limelight and it was like a picture of her smoking a cigarette like, dude. literally like a 21 year old woman yeah it's hilarious what are we talking about here it's crazy every i, I think um, probably 99.8 percent of people who have ever been on screen in a movie smoke cigarettes like yeah, it's just for sure they got what are we talking yeah, about it's, yeah, it's crazy it's in the culture um obviously it was direct, it's been directed by jade helly bartlett who's a, a first film so directorial debut interesting to see i'm uh, not really too bothered about it to be honest we'll move yeah. on to some news we have a Lots of news, Jesus Christ! Most of it's quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, just most importantly, it. Andre Brower has passed away at the age of sixty-one. Obviously, a very, very well-beloved American actor. Obviously, most famously, probably uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, R.I.P. Rest in peace. I love the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think he's fantastic. Um, definitely, really, really sad to see him go. Mm -hmm. Golden Globes nominees were announced as well. Um, I generally think across the board, let me just tell if you got them. I, I do have them pulled up if you want me to. Yeah, I generally think across the board, they're like, uh, not that contentious. They're, they're, they're like the Oscars. This like, is, there's, a lot of there's a lot of different stuff in there, which I like. There's a lot of cool stuff. Every, everyone's going to say there are misses, there are hits, but the, I think this is like the safest awards show nominee list I've seen in like a they were very, worse. They were like worse they, they, year, did, they didn't do anything that like, truly should piss anyone off everything is like expected like the only things that like yeah should like maybe bother people are like barry keoghan getting into best actor for saltburn just because saltburn not really received as well same thing with coleman domingo getting into the best actor drama um just because uh rustin hasn't been received too well but like nothing is like pissing anyone off like every nominee that should be nominated pretty much was nominated um barbie should people are like can't believe barbie's racking up this many nominations you should believe that 
Like, I tweeted the other day, I think Barbie, do not be surprised if Barbie is this year's Titanic, La La Land, Return of the King, where it's going to get that picture, director, actress i still supporting think it should actor. Be adapted screenplay i don't i don't get the original screenplay thing. i don't either yeah it should be adapted i agree with that but then it's going to pop up in a lot of tech categories production design gonna happen. I don't think it's surprised. yeah i don't know why a lot of people are like shocked um like i'm just looking through like the nominees best actress drama like you got lily gladstone you have um emma stone in comedy you have sandra hewler greta lee kaylee spaney carrie mulligan you have everyone that should pop up yeah everyone up. every name that people have mentioned yeah like, like if we want to talk shit nominees we would be going through the critics choice awards but those are the most unserious nominee list i've seen in forever yeah um, i'm just trying to see if there's any like notable like so i'll just read a couple of the big categories off just just we'll just plow through them but like best motion picture drama we got anatomy of a fall Killers of Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives. Yeah, fucking Maestro, man. Why is he getting so much support? Well, so the thing about Golden Globes is you get 12 nominees because you get drama and then the comedy musical. Oh. So there's just like so many movies. But Bradley the only Cooper's thing... going to win Best Actor of the Oscars, isn't he? No, I think, gonna be... gonna... I, I think he's going to win Best yeah. Actor of the I, I think he's gonna be like a Jamie Lee uh, Curtis support. I year. I think he's gonna win Best Actor Drama at the Golden Globes, but I still think the Oscars is between Killian and Leonardo. I don't think Bradley yeah, Cooper yeah. had. Yeah, I still I I still think Leo in Killers of the Flower Moon. I know it's not. I mean, it's being described as one of his best of his career, but in like Leo's career, that's an, still. That's still crazy. Like he still has mm -hmm. such a repertoire of acting performances. I don't think Bradley Cooper's performance is going to be as Oscar Beatty as everyone thinks it I, is. I just think the movie is so Bradley Cooper is pushing for it so hard. The movie is so yeah. trying to be. But good. but it's the but the no Oscar but the award shows love that. Like they love when these filmmakers and these actors like take these risks for awards nominations. Like they want to see that. But do you not think that Maestro is like one of the most Oscar-y films of this year? No, it is. It for sure is. It's a very Oscar-baity film. But that, but that plays to awards season perfectly. Like that's exactly what they want. So to I mean, see. like I just, I don't think it's like gonna win. Cooper's gonna win. I, just, I don't. I, I don't think Maestro wins win one Oscar. Really? I don't. I, I think it might win. I don't. Um, In the tech thing, categories, poor thing and uh, Oppenheimer are too strong for Maestro to overtake it in anything. I don't think Bradley Cooper's winning director, picture, I think or Carrie, actor. Carrie Mulligan could win. Carrie Mulligan could be a dark horse for best actress. She's the best think... part of the movie by far. Yeah, she was oh, the best I part saw, of the movie. I but saw. I still think Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone have just too much momentum going into the Oscar season. Stone? Oh, of course. Poor things. Poor things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, one, uh, sorry, Tyler, I know you were reading the nominations. Jennifer Lawrence getting a best actress nominee for No Hard Feelings is the funniest thing in the world to me. Mm -hmm. Like she that's just oh you should yeah for for no hard in in comedy musical obviously but like she's around Natalie Portman Margot Robbie Emma Stone Fantasia who are like not locks I mean Emma Stone is but these are Oscar contenders <laughs> and then you have Jennifer like, about pedophilia why is that a comedy I don't really is what, it I mean, a comedy what movie they made of December oh, yeah. yeah it's that's... it's a dark comedy. I mean, Get Out was a nominated as a comedy. At the yeah, Golden so was Get Out. Kind of is a dark comedy, to be fair. The Martian, the Martian was also. The Martian. Yeah. What was the other one? Yeah, they're they're all over the place with these. Also, 
Ricky Gervais said it best. The Golden Globes are the most easily bought award out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think I, I'm i super excited for the Zone of Interest, like more than any other movie, but I'm going to stand by my fact that it's getting a limited release like two days ago, and it's not getting a wide release until 2024. I don't think it wins a single Oscar purely because of that. I truly think people like, if you want, if you're yeah. releasing your movie in no, late December, you're not going to get awards. I don't think it wins a single Oscar just because of how top heavy the Oscar race is oh, between Oppen- between Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Killers of the Flower Moon. I think this is such a top heavy Oscars race. Mm-hmm. Where's I my think- boy Timmy in these nominations? Man? He's here. He's here. Best actor, comedy musical. He got nominated for Wonka. Oh, I'll take it. Yeah. Where's, that, where's uh, Michael Michael Keane Cave? Where his fucking name is there? <laughs> Up, yeah, Michael. he did. What's his name? No, it's Keegan, Michael, Michael Keegan Key, Keegan Michael Key, Keegan, oh, Keegan Michael Key. Hey, yeah, okay. yeah, like Paul Giamatti for the holdovers, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. There's nothing like oh, American Fiction. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. That there's nothing while. crazy that's mm-hmm. going on. Best it's supporting actor. This is what I was saying. Movie. So the six nominees for best supporting actor: Willem Dafoe, Poor Things. Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Charles Melton for May December, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. I think those are the top six for Oscars, and I think Willem Dafoe will be the one that gets bumped out because the Oscars is only five nominations. Interesting. Is Joaquin Phoenix nominated for? Um, he is, yeah. Wait, for he comedy was? musical, yeah, for Bo is Afraid. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say for Napoleon, but yeah. No, no, no. no. Bo is no, Afraid. Yeah. Best actor. Yeah, Bosefrey was definitely his better performance of the year. But yeah, yeah, supporting actress or supporting yeah female actor uh, Jody Jody Foster and Nyab was interesting. To, I mean, it's just her name. I feel like got her in there. Nyab was such in a what? nothing yeah. film. It's a it's a Netflix original about like a yeah. woman who was who tried to surf from swim. or swim from uh, the Bahamas to Miami. Um, oh. Annette Benning, I think is her name, is a main actress. I think she uh, also got nominated yeah. as well. She got nominated. Um, yeah. Well, but yeah, no, Aly- no Alyssa Sutherland in Best Supporting Actress. No Rachel McAdams in uh Rachel McAdams missed them. Yeah, what would she get nominated for? Uh, oh, are you there, Goddess New Market? Yeah, like, I, I forgot that support. Like, it's so weird, man. The the best actor and actress they split between drama and comedy, yeah. and then supporting actor and actress they just all lump into one. It's yeah, so weird. It's, it's that's what I'm saying. It's just an unserious. A lot so of people were upset you, they yeah. added like the cinematic box office achievement award. It's just so funny because like I saw a tweet that was like the or it's like a, you get an award for best box office achievement it's like the tweet was like that's the funniest yeah like the the, the yeah that's so weird award box office achievement is the box office like you made a lot yeah. of money from it you make profit run there as well what was on the box office one i mean it was barbie barbie Oppenheim. volume three john yeah. wick chapter four oh, so mission impossible dead reckoning part one oppenheimer Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, Super Mario Bros. Movie, and Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. <laughs> oh, so, why are we not in that? <laughs> Fox 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 off his achievement, man. Oh, that's crazy. What are we doing here? I know. But yeah, other than best that, director, best director, I think, is the same thing with best supporting yeah, actor, where I think, yeah. I think this is the top six. And of these six, I think, I, I don't even know. I think, I think... So the nominees are Greta Gerwig, Barbie, Scorsese, Flower Moon, Nolan Oppenheimer, Lanthimos for Poor Things, Celine Song for Past Lives, and Bradley Cooper for Maestro. I think Greta Gerwig is number six oh. when it comes to the Oscar race. That, cl- I think you know that, um, that clown meme with Mary's Next to the Soul? Yeah. That's that crazy. But I could also see it being Celine Song because I could see the Oscars trying to capitalize on the Barbenheimer stuff, which is 
completely not like past them. But I could also mm. see it being Bradley Cooper getting that like nomination snub. They've already they already snubbed him for Star is Born. I don't think they're strangers to doing it again. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it, all of these nominations feel very safe. It bothers me that there's six per category, and it bothers yeah. me that this didn't really t- give us any insight into like the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oscar nominations yeah. are announced on January 24th, I believe. Yeah. So we still got a little over a month before we'll find those yeah. out. Same day as the Razzie Awards get announced, the nominees Fuck get yeah. announced. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I have on the Golden yeah, Globes. Yeah, that's all I got for the Golden Globes too. Okay, perfect. I'm going to do some more news. Okay, so Saw 11 has been announced, releasing September 27th. They're just going to keep doing these for fucking ages, aren't they? But if they make it like Saw 10, hell yeah. If, yeah, they, yeah, if they just say Saw 10 was a one-timer, we're going to go back to like Saw 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, then it's like, ah, keep it. I don't need George, it. have you watched Saw 10 yet? I still have not seen I'm Saw 10. Treat. Okay. Be a good uh, uplifting movie for you to watch after the pod. Uh, Warner Bros. and Tubi have signed a deal to bring all DC movies to Tubi stream free. A lot of people Including are just upset with that because it's like Tubi is like a free, like it's it just like think it's like a poverty move but whatever you know streaming services have to make money and uh i don't know more people get to see movies for free I, i'm all for that if you can see all the warner brothers movies for free cool but yeah it does definitely look like a more we need money desperately we're going to start selling our movies for free yeah uh james cameron calls and directs on direct episode we're to go by a video called man i got some fucking hate for this i tweeted saying i thought this is weird because i saw that he lived in la which is where they're filled apparently lives in New Zealand, mm-hmm. China. Yeah, I, I, too. And I got some James Cameron, like, yeah, you know. dude. James Cameron's got like it, the biggest they, cult following. One of them quoted me and then took the piss out of high <laughs> look. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> man, this is crazy. What are we doing here? I'm so sure. I got it. Yeah, I guess kind of. I haven't watched it yet. Apparently, the episode's actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't I'm seen sure what it ended I up being was Variety was like, James Cameron, do you want to do this? He's like, I'm in New Zealand, not really like interested in traveling out there. And I'm sure Variety was like, no worries. We'll do a video call. Like I doubt like James yeah. Cameron, like yeah. I, think scheduled the to be there. Be, I think the setup could be better. It was very weird looking. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. it, was um, just a, it was just like a, it was just a room. It literally looked like out. he was in a submarine from the still images. Yeah. <laughs> Which like James Cameron, like he, he could have been in a submarine. He could have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch the, the Spike Lee and Bradley Cooper one. I saw a few clips from that, you know, where Spike Lee's like complimenting yeah. him. That's kind of wholesome. I, like I need to. I've seen all of the actors on Actors. I haven't so seen all far, of which them. they've all been fantastic, by the way. You guys should definitely check I've that. Seen... Especially the Emma Stone, Bradley Cooper one. Um, I've only seen one of them, which is Mark Ruffalo. I need to watch them a lot. That was a good one. Margo, too. Killian Robbie and Margo, Margo was great. Margo was just like I blazing him the that. entire time. Yeah, the entire time. It was so funny. She <laughs> blazed me. That's crazy. Um, Greta Gerwig will preside as the juror of the 2024 Cannes Film Festival. I, okay. Uh, yeah. Dwayne Johnson will star in his first A24 film, directed by Benny Safdie. The film will be a drama that follows MMA fighter Mark Kerr during his peak era in the UFC as he struggles with addiction, winning in love. Dwayne Johnson actually picked like a, a real role. <laughs> really interesting though, because I, I actually, I think Dwayne Johnson has the potential to do this. So I'm really keen to, I'm just, I, I like that he's actually trying to do something different. And I think this is a role which is going to be a real test for him. It's going to be very hard hitting. It's going to be very emotional. It's going to be very individual. So I'm, I'm keen to see it. I think, you know, hopefully he does well and hopefully we can have another uh, Dave Bautista situation where he kind of moves out the franchise thing and, you know, this argument can come put to dead or whatever. Um, Adam Sandler and George Clooney will star in Noah Baumbach's next film for Netflix, described as an emotional coming-of-age film about adults. Nice. Love it. Um, also, there was no news here, but did you see that George Clooney's, like, they've got a script, like, briefly wrote a script or something for uh, Ocean's 
new oceans film yeah mm -hmm. it's kind of cool mm -hmm. uh ridley scott will direct it's not confirmed though right no no it's like not confirmed. They, he just no. said in an interview yeah. that they've like got oh, yeah. ideas for whatever and some a brief script but it's not confirmed uh ridley scott will direct bomb for 20th century studios the action thriller follows a hostage negotiator who called into duty the night before his wedding in london stop a bomb that he has history with fair enough i'll watch it i don't trust ridley fuck you I tried to. Yeah, he's Ridley, Ridley, Ridley in his later years. I don't know. Yeah, apart from Alien Covenant, though, obviously. Banger. This is like. And the last, uh, the last duel was pretty good as well. The, the last duel was good. I saw a trailer before one of the movies this weekend. It's like a movie. Like, did have any of you seen this trailer for like a movie about like the International Space Station? It's like a thriller. Yeah. That yeah, like low Russian... key. Like, I feel like it's probably going to end up being like a average movie. Like, because it's, it's like a. It's a very. It feels like a very January yeah. release. But low key, that plot was like. That had me. That's the one. That's the one where like yeah, yeah, war, yeah. something happens on the ground, and then the Americans and the Russians are fighting in space. Yeah, well, or like the Americans and the Russians are at the International Space Station, and like they're yeah. like, looking down at Earth and see like nuclear war yeah, just happen, like missiles, yeah. are, like the entire world explodes, and the Russians are told like take control of the International Space Station, and the Americans are told it's that. an acronym. The movie's name is an acronym. ISS, I think. But isn't that International mm -hmm. Space Station? Or is it like? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's the name of the right, movie. Yeah, yeah, and. I don't know. From the trailer, I was like, okay. Like, it feels like a, a plain, I feel like it would be like a plain esque yeah. movie, but I was like, good plot. This has me intrigued. But yeah. ISS. Yeah. Yes. yeah I, I just saw it before, like, uh, Godzilla oh, minus one or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't mean, I saw it on Twitter. Um, yeah. yeah. And also, obviously, moving on to some nerd news, didn't really have much to go over this week. Mm -hmm. uh, Zachary Levi on if he could return in James Gunn's DCU in a new role, like Sean Gunn. When you're the brother of the guy who runs DC, I guess you get to play who you want. This guy's so fucking bitter, isn't he? Yeah, so saying that mm. is not going to help him. No, <laughs> well, like the thing is, all I see about him is negative shit, and then he ruined Chicken Run Two as well. Yeah, he's just, he's just <laughs> destroying his reputation. And the thing I saw, like, because it was just a very snooty and annoying comment to make, but also like, I saw someone quote tweet him, be like, "Sean Gunn was on the picket lines every single day, like during the strikes, whereas like you were like complaining and." all the time about like you can't pr promote shazam too so it's like when you're like publicly when you're kind of doing that while sean gunn's actually be like a good guy in the industry like it makes a lot of people not empathetic to your point which... also sean gunn's not even bad as well he's actually all right he's fine yeah he's and I'm, yeah so but whatever right. I, I just thought it was like it's just such an annoying comment for zachary levi to make and it's such a zachary levi comment to make also yeah. Uh, and finally, Rebel Moon early reviews are bad, 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 and I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. No I agree. agree. <laughs> yeah, they, Tyler just got that in there. Just zero, zero. I saw that on the rundown. I was like, no need for the I, triple bad. Seriously though, George, I am actually really intrigued. But I do think if you watch the, is it getting a theatrical release? Yeah, I think limitedly. Not, it's not near I, me, so probably yeah, New York and It's not near imagine. me. Okay, 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 yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I do. I'm, think a, I'm, that, a, I'm on Long Island. Through. True the new through christmas so it's not playing it will make here. a difference obviously if you watch the you know the director's one whatever yeah but yeah it's it's shit george george as a, as a huge snyder guy holding out hope as a huge snyder you, guy genuinely what did you think of army of the dead george yeah of course what did you think of it i like army of the dead. three and a half out of five for me okay i think you'll give the i okay like little you know i give army of the dead 2.5 so a bit higher than this so okay. I think maybe two point five three for you, maybe around that sort of level. Maybe maybe you, you won't mind it. George, as, as a big Snyder guy, do you genuinely think there is like a coordinated industry like attack that like anytime a Snyder film comes out, there's like a plot against him to all shit on him? Or do you think No, I just I truly just think his style of filmmaking just 
breeds polarization like yeah you you either like his eye for film you either like this dark slow motion these these tendencies of his or you don't and i think over time a lot of people have begun to blame him for the downfall of dc which i think has led to people just shitting on all of his movies i also think that people don't like Zack snyder because of his so annoying fan base like Zack Snyder, that, that, yeah, that it's too. weird that he has such a timid guy, like timid, nice guy, is such like a yeah. toxic, horrible... I don't think Zack Snyder gives a fuck what anyone no, says. No, no, he just makes films for him, clearly. It's yeah. Like he's making films. But like, I his think... fan base are horrible online. Yeah. They're genuinely... He, Zack Snyder and M. Night Shyamalan, I think they have the two... Yeah. And I know, I know everyone says like the MCU fan base sucks, and they do, same with Star Wars, but I think the Snyder fan base and the Shyamalan fan base are the two most annoying defensive fan bases ever and it's just it just it makes like the other side people who defend snyder are so annoying that people who hate snyder just want to hate him amplified just to piss off people who yeah. like him funds were in everything mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's funds were in everything it's just but no i don't I, I i've seen these tweets of like oh there's a targeted attack against Zack snyder on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. One, stop giving a fuck about Rotten Tomatoes. I'm so sick and tired of every time like <sighs> a polar, every time a polarizing movie comes out, 30% critic score, 80% audience score, and then there's like a million tweets about it. Like, dude, it shut the fuck up. Cry. Like, just, just I every time I see another Rotten Tomatoes tweet, I lose a day of my life. That's yeah, how it that's, works. That's literally how it is. To be it is the most annoying thing in the world. Those tweets are just so funny. There's so many like Snyder cultists that were like so unbothered by their views. They're like, oh, guys, look, the 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 Red Cloak Society, <laughs> the critics had their underground meeting <laughs> once again. Kind of, like conspiracy <laughs> theories. They, they dr- yeah. drank the blood people, of James Gunn and then literally again. They all coordinated. They had a meeting in secret. I tracked their locations. People decided think, to review bomb this. <laughs> there's a group of 30 critics who go to this underground dungeon in the Vatican City and just review bomb every single Snyder movie that comes out. I guarantee some of them actually believe that. It's crazy. Like, Jesus, fuck. It was so funny. I am still excited. That is the moral of the story. I know, Seth, I know we align pretty evenly on a lot of films. So, obviously, your review hurt. Same with Sophie. I know her review was no, on the Sophie's lower side. Different, though, Sophie, Sophie is different. I didn't. I did not Snyder. think Sophie. Sophie doesn't like like that high science fiction. And that was her to begin first with. Snyder as well. And that was her first Snyder, which Whereas is probably I've liked his film. Well, Snyder. yeah, exactly. Actually, so I've not disliked any of his other films. The the worst one I've seen, oh sorry Justice League oh that doesn't don't do, I mean that's the Joss yeah. Whedon <laughs> I I the only one I've the lowest I've rated is Army of the Dead but that was still two point five I didn't I didn't dislike it by any means so yeah so I'm still yeah. excited I I know whatever I know what everyone's saying about the movie but again I also know that I like the Snyder cut more than a lot of people I like BVS more than a lot of people I like Army of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead more than like I just like Zack Snyder I like his style that's just that's it. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair, fair. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll move on anyway. Uh, this week we have a and A, I believe, mm-hmm. on the uh, on the main got, episode. Like, questions here. So Tyler's got a few questions to go over. We're going to cover some questions before we obviously mention what we're going to be doing in the real quicks. Tyler, if you want to go over the questions and we, we yeah, will answer them. Shout out to That's our patrons who asked all these questions. Check out our Patreon on the link to link down below. We have a lot of stuff coming, especially for the 
the Real Talk Award Show this year. We're doing a lot of big things, so we could really use your support on the Patreon. And you get to ask us questions like this, join our Discord, uh, movie watch-alongs, all kinds of great stuff. So go check it out in the description oh, down stuff. below. So shout out to all the patrons for these questions. So uh, Roko 1.0 asks, what's a movie quote that changed your life or had a huge impact? Is there anything off the top of your head that comes to mind? Oh, my God. You really hit us. Uh, with I feel like George. Most... I, George, I feel you always have like quotes in the back pocket. You always pull yeah, up quotes. I don't have them in the back pocket. Like I, I've lately, I've loved putting quotes from movies in my letterboxed reviews that like stick with me. But these aren't quotes that like I just knew off the top of my head before I watched these movies. These are quotes that like while I was watching a movie, I just happened to love it. Like from almost famous, most recently, Philip Seymour Hoffman drops this line. Uh, the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. And I thought that line was fucking amazing. Another line from the same movie, almost famous, is, and if you ever get lonely, you could just go to a record store and visit your friends. And I thought that was just such a, like, a powerful quote. But I don't know. There's so many, like, I'm sure I could pull a lot from After Sun that I love. Like, I love that that quote Frankie Corio says, um... Oh, God, give me two seconds and I'll pull it up. Um, the quote that Frankie Corio says from, um, God, where is it? I know, I know I have this on deck somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think it's nice that we share the same sky. And then Paul Mescal says, what do you mean? And she's like, well, like sometimes at playtime, I look up at the sky. And if I see the sun, then I think that the fact that we can both see the same sun. So even though we're not actually in the same place, and we're not actually together, we kind of are in a way, you know, like we're both underneath the same sky, so kind of together. And I thought that was just such a fantastic quote from that movie. So I don't know. I don't have anything like powerful off the top of my head. You just pulled but... like three powerful ones off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, these were not off the top of my head. I, fair, I pulled up fair. my letterbox and my TikTok. Um, but yeah, but like as I... As I, I guess what I'm trying to say is as I go deeper, I'm sorry for ranting so long on this, but like as I go deeper into like my film journey, that's something I like, I've tried to pay attention to more, just like powerful lines of dialogue. Like it's something I'm trying to just pay attention to more while watching movies. Seth, do you have any off the top of your head? I actually don't. Uh, it's not something I really, I don't know. There'll be loads. If I look to my letterbox and sort of film, like, oh yeah, I love this one. But it's not something, I can't really say that one changed my life. I think it's more the film itself. I don't really see a line of dialogue and be like, okay, that's had a massive impact. Well, it depends. Depends on the film's topics. Most of the ones I'd probably give you would be stupid ones that aren't related to life at all. It'd be like a line from Lord of the Rings, for example. It'd be like something like that. Something related to, to a film I love rather than something that's going to give me important life advice. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Do you it's know what... Um, sorry to interrupt. So do you know what line from Lord of the Rings I just have ingrained in my head? And it's like the one line from Lord of the Rings that like... Anytime I think of Lord of the Rings, this is the line that just pops up. You're a wizard, Harry. No. no. It's, um, I am no man. Mate, that's like one of my favorite lines in ever. I, I, it's, that's one of my favorite scenes. I do, it's one of my favorite scenes from the entire trilogy. It's one of my favorite lines. I don't, I don't know what it is about that line, but every time I just... Every time Lord of the Rings pops up on Twitter or TikTok, the one thing I think of is, I am no you man. You know what it is. And then she just... You know what it is. Powerful characters in fantasy, powerful female characters in fantasy are 10 a penny. Peter Jackson did it really, really well by in point nine, though. But she yeah. That was perfect. I agree. That's one of mine. 
Yeah. Anything from a film I love, I probably like. It's just something exactly. I haven't mm-hmm. like, like, not a powerful quote, but like, I absolutely love, I'm always going to love you from La La Land. Like, I'm sure, Tyler, you feel the same. Like, it's not... Mm-hmm. How, like I say that to Victoria every other day, probably. Because you love the film, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a powerful line, but it's just like it's one of those memorable lines, and it's just one of those lines that just wraps up this movie so beautifully. Yeah, yeah. I think if I had to pick one, I don't, I don't have them in my back pocket like uh, George does, or have them in my letterbox reviews. But uh, from Goodwill Hunting, when Robin Williams says, "Do you think I'd know the first thing about how hard your life has been, how you feel, who you are?" Because I read Oliver Twist. I think it's just like so many times in this world, people will just see like I'll be like. Seth likes working out and he's British. I know everything now about Seth's entire life. Or like George lives in New York City and loves movies. I now know everything about it. like so often in today's world, people just like see one thing about someone, like I have you completely figured out. I know your entire life story, and it's just it's just not the case. So I'll I'll throw that one out for a for a quote. Okay. Dylan Chip asks, off the top of your head, quick reaction, favorite actor and actress. All of these off the top of my head. But that, that yeah, quick face, reaction, no. the first one that comes to your mind. That's the point. Can, say, they, can we say working? They, yeah, working, working. I'm going uh, all time, whatever. Christian Bale is my favorite actor. Okay. Um, obviously, it goes beyond The Dark Knight. I just love him in everything. I think he was disgustingly snubbed at the Oscars for his performance as Dick Cheney, the year Rami Malek won for Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, obviously, I know that's not a very well-received movie, but I think that performance is just in the rafters all time. And then he obviously has a slew of others Tyler, you love the prestige, and I love him in that movie. Um, actress, uh, off the top of my head, I'll pull Amy Adams, but I really don't know. Emma Stone, honestly, is like slowly climbing my ranks. Even on the male side, Tom Hardy with every performance just continues to be one of my favorites. Um, Kurt Russell, I would toss up there as one of my favorite male perform uh, actors. Francis McDormand, um, Viola I, Davis. I, I knew this would happen. Name I, one, I and you've named yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. I think the only I, Christian Bale favorite actor that is a lock on the women's side. It could be anyone. There are so many phenomenal women in Hollywood, um, but even on the male side, after Wonka, I was like, "Fuck, maybe Timmy is my favorite actor right now." <laughs> I got one. It's just, or I'll just do one for each. So I tweeted about him yesterday. He's at the top of my mind. Christopher Abbott for actor working today. Love everything he's in. Just can't get enough of him. Working actress, Saoirse Ronan. Wolfman. There, just one of each. Yeah, Saoirse Ronan. God damn, man. Saoirse Ronan is so good. Seth, what do you uh, got? Best actor, I'm going to give three because he's the first three. When I think about Bill Driver, you know, it's easier. Stephen Graham, Al Pacino, Ethan Hawke. There we go. I knew Ethan Hawke. I knew Best you were going to pull actress. Ethan Hawke. Actress. Ah, shit. Tilda Swinton. Liv Ullman. OC. Olivia Coleman. There we go. Perfect. That's three. I'm not giving you one. That's Shout three. out OC. <laughs> um, yeah. This one's fun. What is the last film you recommended to someone that you liked or loved and they hated or just did not Lost like Highway it? with Anna two weeks ago. <laughs> she despised it. <laughs> Ruined me. That's the easy one. Um, the last film that I recommended... That a fr- I was probably May December. I recommended it to Riley's mom after she. So she first texted me. She's like, "What did you think of Leave the World Behind?" That new apocalyptic thriller. And I said, yeah. "Didn't really look big, isn't it?" Like people are watching. Yeah, but based watch on the subject like, matter, I'm not surprised it kind of spread yeah, so true. big. And like that's also like people just still underrate. Like everyone's like, "Oh, Netflix is dying." It's like the power. Like a Netflix original movie yeah, you can still yeah, yeah. Like, catch on like wildfire. But she's like, "What do you What do you think of this movie?" I'm like, "I didn't love it. Not that great. I wouldn't recommend it." Two and a half hours later, she texts me. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. I'm like, 
I, t- I told you I didn't like it, but then I said I, I went completely opposite. I'm like, try May, December. She also didn't like that one. So two fails, even though the first one I didn't even recommend to her, and she's still watching it anyways. But uh, George, anything you recommended that people didn't like? Yeah. Well, one of my fr- this is just the one that recently comes to mind. One of my friends recently watched Silver Linings Playbook, which I just to begin with is a very polarizing movie. I think um, I just did not like it. I loved it. Like more I, yeah, I love Silver Linings Playbook. I think everything from the lead performances to the minute supporting performances, everything from the screenplay to the lessons and its thematic richness. I just that movie's just fantastic. Um, but yeah, one of my best friends. He was texting me throughout the movie, um, and he was actually texting in our group chat. It's my my uh, my friend Rob, who's in our fantasy mm. league. Tyler, um, he just yeah, he didn't he didn't like it. I think he went with a two and a half or a two, maybe tough scenes. Um, but it, it took him two tries to even finish the movie. <laughs> tough scenes. I don't know if I said yeah. it, but Dean Cotamanidis was the one who asked that question. So shout out to him. Um, yeah, let's see. So Sean Morales asks, what's a movie you refused to watch for either no reason or you thought you'd hate it, but then you watched it and ended up really liking it? So a movie you just oh. thought you'd hate that you ended up really oh. liking. I'll, I'm, I'm going to sleep. There'll be something on my letterbox happened recently. There'll be some a movie. That, I maybe Dungeon the Dragons for you, Seth. Yeah, no, no, that's a perfect example. I, I really, really liked it. And I thought I would. I mean, I'll it. say, well, I could say Wonka. <laughs> No, but uh, you yeah. are in the middle of Wonka, though. You weren't yeah, like Yeah, I, I definitely didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, I would say... I'll say the Super Mario Bros. movie, just because of the reception that movie got, and I ended up giving it a three and a half. Mm-hmm. I had a blast with that movie. So, But again, I didn't think I would hate that movie. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think I would like it. Man, yeah. My perfect example uh, is the black ending, because that was back when I would like predict what I would rate movies out of 10 that were coming out that month, and that was like June, or yeah, Juneteenth when it came out. And I predicted I would give it a 0.1 out of 10. Like the trailer, I just thought looked Jesus awful. Jesus Christ. I, thought I hated the trailer so much. I ended up giving like a 3.5 out of 5. And I think it's my favorite comedy the entire year. So, um, yeah, definitely <laughs> thought I would hate that movie and I ended up loving it. A point one out of. Th- I thought the trailer was just terrible. The market. And same with not as extreme, but Joyride. I hated the trailer and I ended up liking that as well. So I, I didn't know if I'd like. Um... There's going to be loads of options, but uh, The Age of Tomorrow, I didn't know if I'd like that, to be honest. Mm. I think it'd be Edge of Tomorrow, great movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. Great movie. Yeah, yeah Dungeons and Dragons for me. I mean, and there are a lot of... There are so many movies I'm just putting off, but like, not because I think I'm going to hate them, just because I'm just like, I need to be in like the right... Like, for, like Battle yeah. Royale. I've been meaning to watch Battle Royale for the last decade Shit or so, or whenever, however fucking mm-hmm. long ago it came out. Same. And I just... I don't know. I'm just You've every been time to watch it for 23 years. <laughs> every time I come across it and I'm looking for a movie, I'm like, maybe tonight's the night. But like, I'm just like, I need totally. to be there. Like, I need to be in that right mindset. Yeah, I'm, me. I, I hope I'm not. And there's so many movies like that. Yeah, definitely. R- R- M. Bates asks, have you ever randomly gotten an idea or concept for a movie series? And I actually have one. Oh, I was yeah. planning on making a TikTok about this, but it's better to just not make, just leave for the pod. So reality shows i think reality shows are getting stale and we need to start combining them mixing them together i think a survivor american idol crossover was hidden immunity idols they're surviving on an island have to cook their own food sleep in the muck and then they have to get up in front of everyone and sing a song and try and be vote stay and not be voted on they can find a hidden immunity idol to stay on for another week crossover survivor and american idol another one undercover boss and the office i want to see cutaways of like the character the other co-workers in the office being like this guy's a fucking idiot like i don't know who this guy is <laughs> like he just comes in here he's the shittiest work i've ever seen he's the ceo of the company just start crossing over some shows make something fresh yeah, yeah. make some babies but 
what do you guys got? I need to hear your guys' movie or something. I, uh, I've thought of a few horror ideas, but I'm going to keep them yeah. right here. I'm going to keep them here. A, a while ago, I, I watched... It was when I was home on Long Island and I had watched Evil Dead Rise and then it was like midnight and I had to walk my dog. And as I'm walking my dog, I'm thinking this would be like such a, it could be such a good idea for like a short film. Like dude. Just I think walk. you said this. Yeah. 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 yeah I think I've told you guys this, like a short yeah, horror yeah. film, like a dude just walking his dog at night. Like everything, like he's a paranoid, like kind of like a bow is afraid type of movie, mm-hmm. but he just goes up and down his block once. 10 minutes that's it shit in his pants walking a dog i don't know that's it and then the other day it was so funny you actually bring up this um this question because like two weeks ago i had the most vivid dream that i was making my own coming of age film it was like when i was like maybe not two weeks ago it was it was it was a little bit after i had watched almost famous and like that was the only thing going through my mind and i swear i had just the most vivid dream that i was like I was doing it. I was making this coming of age film. It was getting Oscar buzz. I was doing such a good job. And I woke up and I like forgot the idea. I forgot what the movie was about. But yeah, that, that was a weird dream. Yeah, I've got a few thoughts. I, I like the dog walk dream. I might steal it off you. Yeah, take it. Yeah. I'll star in it. Seth, you're yeah. keeping your ideas close close to the chest in case you I have like a cool idea. It's nothing like Mage, but I do want I do I am wanting to make a short horror film in the next couple of years or so. Love that. Love that. Evan O'Donnell asks, what is the greatest Christmas movie of all time? Seth, I think Die I know hard. your answer immediately. Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2 or Willy Wonka. Oh, or. Or Willy Wonka. Oh. Willy Wonka is like a fence one, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say Home Alone 2 is an actual, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Die hard. Die hard. I'll, I'll go with the holdovers. Just because I'm wow, I'm never that high on Christmas movies in general, and I th- that movie is just so comforting to me. I love it, man. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I keep forgetting if I'm saying the name, so sorry. Evan O'Donnell is yeah, the one. Who you are. You okay. are. <laughs> you say the name. Did you say you, you, you are saying. Okay. The well, you know what? I don't think we'll be upset. We're getting two shout outs. So um, <laughs> Reese David asks, "What is your fondest memory with a film? Like, do you just felt unmatched happiness while watching something?" Um, no, I'm no, sure we have plenty uh, that can pop in our head for something we watch. Yeah, we have overcome with emotion. So Lord of the Rings, watch it with my dad as a kid and my mom. Just that's probably the funnest. Introducing Anna for the first time to Lord of the Rings was a massive fun memory to me. So probably one of them. But I have these fun memories every week. You know, what I mean, Wonka. Recently, yeah, I was gonna. Like, I was just about to say. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, like every time I watch La La Land, I'm like, you know, it's just a fond memory. It's just a great fucking time. Um, more recently, I guess I, I for, I've been tossing out almost famous a lot, but like that was like just such a fun incredible experience for me just like the most believe it or not that was like the fastest five star i've ever thrown out after a movie like i took the letterbox and immediately just pumped those stars all the way up to five um for me it's like watch introducing someone introducing someone to the film i love and then yeah like, and then loving it as well that's mm-hmm. like you know a huge yeah. thing but also it's there's like, just so many even just like from like this like godzilla like yeah. That was just such a well, rush of adrenaline. See, I'm going to see next week and go to see Godzilla with my dad, and I know that my dad will love that. And that's going to be a yeah. really, I, I took my mom to see Banshees, and she loved it, and mm-hmm. that was just such a nice thing. You know what I mean, when like yeah. it's just it's usually introducing people and going to see people, things with people like yeah, who like I love. John Wick like, Four, like John Wick Four, was such an incredible seeing it on like that massive Lincoln Square screen this year. Same thing with um, Across the Spider Verse, like. God, I, I, this prompt we can make do an entire episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. First thing that comes to mind, like uh, it jogged my memory when you said just showing someone a film. So my buddy came and visited me back in March and he'd never seen Interstellar and we watched it. And it was just like one of those moments, like 
when you show someone a movie and they don't say anything throughout, you're always kind of like, fuck, like, is this going to be one of those that the end credit hits? You're like, so what do you, you look think? At, are you a guy that looks at them? Like just to check their reaction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll peek it's over like, and see like, you know, what do you when, think? When something happens, it's like funny, and you're like, yeah, like or like a super sad moment. I'm like, is this is this hitting? This hitting for you? I do all the time. I do that. Did- I do that with Victoria. One one thing about Victoria with when she were like watching a movie at home, she'll go on her phone every so often, even if she's loving the movie. Like she'll check like a quick Instagram or a text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like sometimes she'll be like silent watching this movie and then she'll go on her phone and I'm like, oh. it's always at the worst times to do it as well. It's when you know something's about Dude, to I, I, we were watching this comedy special yesterday and she was on her phone for like half the time. And I'm like, you are missing some of the funniest <laughs> shit right now. I was like, fuck. You're not yeah. liking this that much. Yeah, it's yeah. just like when, when people are silent or they go they go on their phones usually like a death sentence. But like when someone's silent, like yeah. I'm showing a movie, like you silent the entire Interstellar. I'm like, uh oh, this might not be good. But then the movie ended. He's like, that was one of the best movies I've seen in my entire life. I'm like, yeah, oh, God. Oh, God, this is a long movie too. It's like two hours forty. I'm like, yeah. Did I just? Yeah. Are you gonna hate me now for the rest of the day? <laughs> I just wasted your time with this. But uh, thank you, Reese David, for that question. That's a great, great, great topic. A lot of these questions are great that we could just like, chew on for an entire episode. Final question of the episode, the final episode, final question of the Q&A is by Ferdinando4. What is the best Christmas food? Obviously, in, in America and also Christmas. Canada, we have Thanksgiving. But Ooh. Christmas food usually a little different but similar. There, there's a lot of the same players. Are we, are we saying like the, the individual food? Yeah, it's like when, when you're having like a Christmas dinner, whatever holiday dinner you're celebrating What's around December. When, when you I sit down, this. you fill up your plate. What's like that one thing yeah. you're like? Yes, ham, uh, the ham, the ham, the ham every, every time. Ham's that's the heavy. one thing. Um, ham is even, even, but even like on Thanksgiving, like I'll have more ham on my plate than turkey. Ham is better than turkey, though. Like that's just yeah, fact. for sure. Turkey yeah. dry as fuck, man. Unless you put like, loads of stuff on there, it's like a bit. I'll say, uh, we have beef a lot when I have a Christian and auntie, so I say beef. Like what, I, what I kind like of turkey. like how is it made? Like what kind of beef? Like, is it beef um, mince? Is it beef roast? Is it? No, it's roast. It's roast. Okay. I do have some roast beef. And then, I don't know. Do you guys know what Yorkshire puddings are by any chance? Yeah, just only because of the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> They're like, it's like a it's like a fluffy pastry dough thing, George. They're like crispy, very, 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 very nice. And then roast potatoes as well. Okay. That was great. I am a Brussels guy. I've seen, fucking hell, man. I'm naming like 10 things. I'll say Yorkshire puddings. I'll say that's my Nice. Name. So we got ham, Yorkshire pudding. I'll go... My family always makes like cheesy hash browns and it's just absolutely delicious. Oh yeah, nice. Cheesy nice, hash browns. Nice. But also, why is turkey the universal like Thanksgiving food and like holiday meal when it's a it's a no. food that 99% of the time people prepare it, they fuck it up. So like why don't we just pick something easier? <laughs> like they either make yeah. it dry, they light their house on fire, deep frying mm. it, like just do ham, you just <laughs> throw it in the oven. No, the turkey gets so dry as well. It's crazy. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, well, turkey yeah, won't be dry well, if you though. inject it with syringes every 2 minutes of a 5-hour process." It's like when, when done much well, though, turkey is like amazing but it's hard it's just so hard right. for them to do it right yeah. yeah those are all the questions thank you thank you all um i guess are, are we done i can read through the executive producers yeah you can read through the producers yeah yeah, yeah so again just a huge shout out to all of our patrons um and shout out to these ones specifically for being executive producers of the show check out the patreon links down in the description down below uh, but shout out alexander biscardi connor Connaughton, dakota buckner dean cotamanidis dylan chip ferdinando four James Magos, Jimmy O'Connor, Jordan Gag, Josh Hines, Casper Lundberg, Raem Bates, Reese David, Rocco 1.0, Robert Leo Gislason, Sean Morales, Stefan Johnson, and Will Kim. Nice. 
Perfect. So obviously, as I mentioned at the start, if you haven't checked out our Patreon below, you can obviously recommend us games. You can recommend us movies. This week, we have two real quicks coming out on Thursday and Friday, as usual. Friday will be a review of what's the name of the film? Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Ben Stiller's film. And then we'll also be doing a real quick draft on the best movie titles, which is a really, really good idea. So check out the benefits. Also, thanks very much for the support on TikTok, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate us on Spotify. Follow us on TikTok as well if you haven't already because the new edits are very, very good. Thank you to Mateo who's doing our edits at the moment. They are fantastic. We appreciate you all for listening and we will speak to you soon. Peace.